Yo, what's up guys and gals? Tonight's Gravity Lab Radio is brought to you in part by LB Altimeters. LB Altimeters, uh, Nick Lott and I, Mr. P, we've been really blessed. We've been uh, really lucky to do this show together. We've had a lot of fun. We've had a lot of good times. And the folks at LB Altimeters really liked what we were doing and they actually asked us to host a show called LB Live. So once a month, Nick and I actually get on Facebook. He produces that show. I host it. We do Skype interviews with some of the greatest LB athletes. We've had all sorts of super cool folks. Recently, my good friend Logan Donovan. Uh, check out her website, controltower.io. Buy these Fly With Pride t-shirts. They're super awesome. They're super dope. Celebrate diversity. Skydiving is about all types of awesome people. This Next week, we're going to uh, interview a gal named Melissa Lowe. Also known as Melissa Nelson, Melissa Nelson Lowe. And uh, with LB Altimeters, this month we're giving away a ProTrack 2 and an Aries 2. We're giving away two altimeters, the Complete Awareness Package giveaway. We do this every three months. LB Altimeters, they provide some of the dopest products. They actually have really super cool giveaways. And every three months I mentioned we give away that Complete Awareness Package. We actually do a little bit more than that. LB doesn't always have a scheduled giveaway. But every now and then on the odd show, we'll give something special away. Sometimes a shirt, sometimes a hat. Sometimes you can tell I have gas. Sorry, I'm getting through that. Uh, Sometimes a hat. Sometimes we'll give away an extra altimeter. You just never know. So tune in to LB Live. Watch LB Altimeter's Facebook page. Hashtag LB Live is what you're looking for. And you're going to see, A, some of the greatest interviews. I say great not because we get to do them, not because we're involved, but because we're interviewing some of the greatest skydivers ever. Thomas Hughes, our first guest ever on LB Live. We've interviewed uh, Stephanie Strange and Jason Russell from SDC Corps. Allie Milne from uh, what's that place called? Uh, England, Hawaii, England, same thing. Uh, but man, just back to some of the greatest. So you'll see some really cool people and you get a chance to win some free swag. Super huge shout out to LB Altimeters. Doing the LB live show, we've got to upgrade some of our studio equipment through that process. So a big thank you to the folks at LB. Uh, Mads Larson, the, the man, the brains, the mad scientist behind it all. Jacob Nielsen, our production manager there. Stefan. Stefan does a great job with software engineering and overall product engineering. Such a great crew to be part of, man. So thank you to LB Altimeters. Check them out. Dopest devices on the product or on the planet. No doubt about it. Also brought to you this week by Option Studios. Option Studios, you might know them from their pro jersey lineup. They make some of the greatest jerseys you will find on the market. Performance designs, Apex Base, Velocity Sports Equipment, you name it. Some of the biggest and heaviest hitters are using Option Studios for their jerseys. Gravity Lab Radio, the Rating Center, we use them as well. Super comfortable, super lightweight, it breathes, it fits, it doesn't move with you. You raise your hands, it stays tucked in. So if you're on that wicked head-up jump and your arms are flying all over the place, your jersey won't be. They not only do pro jerseys, they do wind blades, pull-up cords, graphic design. They are a one-stop shop based out of the United States. So uh, if you are here in America supporting that America dollar, that American economy, that is great. In in all uh, fairness, just support skydivers, man. I really love that you go to Option Studios, but support your fellow skydivers when it comes to graphic design or anything else you do. But Adam Buckner is my man. He is the first person I go to. His mind is brilliant, definitely an artist, and what he creates is unbelievable. Check out OptionStudios.com 
pullupcords.com. You can find them on Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter, or whatever social, you know Nick loves that word, that you can find. Tonight, our guest is one and only the best dimples on the planet, Mr. Bo, Bo Reby. Actually can hear him coming into the front house right now, front of the house right now, but uh, he is here from Performance Designs. We're going to talk, catch up, see what our boy's been up to. Enjoy the show. I'm the target of a meat missile going 150 miles an hour plus. That got really <laughs> exciting all of a sudden. I'm doing canopy safety. Um, I drive like an Asian, so I don't know if it's the most appropriate thing ever. I'm killing it. Utah, give me two. You are listening to Gravity Lab Radio, hosted by DJ Marvin and Nicholas Lott. Produced by Justin Grubbs. Have we talked about skydiving the whole time? Oh, it's you put a pineapple on Ge- the front porch, gentlemen. Gentlemen, so uh, <laughs> <laughs> gentlemen, I, I think it's working. I'm honestly not even certain. Do you see little things bouncing up and down on that screen down there with a the little thing rolling? Yeah, that that the yeah, that's definitely happening. As long as that's scrolling, we're good to go, man. And gosh, it just feels so far away. For anyone who's listening, we've uh, DJ recently acquired a new computer system, which is quite fancy. And I'm now surrounded by one, two, three, four computer monitors, and it's a little spread out. It's either that or it's like have them where you can see them and we can't see you at all. So we've come to the conclusion that you have to play a tennis mat. Once you get moving, I don't think you have to look at the right monitors very often, though. I think once you. I don't know. Because I don't really have to look. See, I don't even know where I'm looking to see what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. I don't really have to look over here. I don't think. But you used to look at it all the time. Yeah, I don't know. You're used to do when I set it up. I just feel lost, but it's beautiful. Hey, Bo. Bo, oh, welcome to the show. Hey, I'm glad I can see you. I don't want you to put the computer monitor yeah, it was, there. It would be weird if there were a monitor between us, right? Who's talking to me? So we do these uh, LMB live broadcasts uh, once a month, and when we do those live broadcasts, the monitor used to live right here between DJ and that seat and me uh-huh. and this seat, and it feels super disconnected and super weird. So that was part of the motivation for the new arrangement as i said hey i yep. need to be able to see you because it makes me feel safe i agree yeah I so like but it's more. a g- good connection right mm-hmm. so i want to start off with the very easy thing the other day i was talking to some friends who's the guest on the show this week bo reby is that how you say his last name i'm like <laughs> either that or i done forgot so for clarification for all our friends out there your last name is bo reby and there you go, guys. So from yes. the horse's mouth, it is Reby. There I wasn't wrong this time. No, that's fine. Uh, Riley makes fun of me all the time because I have uh, names Rabies. that you you have to ask how to say them if it's spelled like people don't know how to say it, or you have to ask how to spell them because if you say it, people don't know how to spell it. She has names that you automatically know how to say and spell, so it's not exactly mm. fair. Like <laughs> Riley Marshall, I can't remember. <laughs> yeah, how do you spell it? Hmm. Okay, is there an X in trying there? to remember her 14 names. <laughs> Riley. Marie Pete. Pete. Marie <laughs> Pete. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just remember there's way too many faces or names for her on Facebook. There's way too many faces, too. Yeah, yeah exactly. No, mine is very much Reby. Exactly like that. It's German. Okay. I, mm-hmm. I know I've actually only learned it. I, I, I think I assumed and thought it was Reby just out of a wild-ass guess. It's a good guess. But you had taught me that once upon a time. And now when people ask me, like, was that how you pronounce it? I'm like, oh, God, now I don't know if I'm (laughs) right or not. You can confidently say, yes, it is Reby. 
but I'm going to forget in like two days from now, man. Hmm. My memory's just not the best it's ever been. Then I'll remind you every time I see you. Yes. That's I'll take okay. It, man. I'll take it. So you're here in town. You're here visiting for how many days? Uh, I'm at Spaceland Houston for the weekend. Today is Thursday. I'll be there Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And then next weekend, I'm at Spaceland San Marcos Boom. for their first boogie, perhaps. Is it their first one? It's their mm-hmm. come and take it boogie, I believe it's called. Since, yeah, since we've actually been Spaceland. Yes, since, that's what yeah. I mean. Yeah, yeah, and I had to think about it. Yeah, it is our first boogie. It's got a Spaceland San Marcos. Yeah. And it is the come and take it boogie. Yeah, awesome. So when do you... Which is a Texas thing? Come and take it? Come and Someone's take it. Someone's got to explain that to me. Uh, I got guns. Come and take it, bitch. <laughs> right? And for real, I'm not... It's, it's a pretty iconic flag yeah. here in Texas. I'll, I'll pull up a picture of it. And you'll see it right here on your back right shoulder when it pops up. I'll kind of uh, point it out to you. But it's... Oh, you can see it actually oh, on that, yeah, that. that monitor. Okay, I've seen that before. Come and take it. Yeah, and it's like, come mm. and take it. America. I have a bad story about the Texas flag. Is that what we want to start Go with? Go for it. <laughs> Bring it. Um, on This is on accident. So I lived in Texas. I worked at Scott of South Texas uh, 2013, so six years ago. And I had organized for, it's a tiny little drop zone, just a tandem operation mostly. But I organized for myself and the owner of the facility to jump into, um, it was like a minor league baseball game down there they're called the corpus christi it was something right there i don't even remember but we jumped in and i was i had the texas flag as like a streamer or flag behind me and i land and it's awesome like great time no issues great great fun and then the next day i show up to the drop zone and uh and we have about 11 voicemails on the the drop zone uh phone and all of them are saying like hey it was a cool skydive demo but whoever was jumping the Texas flag, it was upside down. Yes. <laughs> and I had no idea. I'm not from here. It beats me. But, oh, man, I learned quick because every single voicemail was like, the flag was upside down. It man, felt really bad. It's so easy because there's no distinguishable way. Yeah, I guess yeah. there is because the star points up. Yeah, I guess if you pay attention to it. Red, blo- you know, red is normally towards the bottom, I believe, because it's blood blood runs down that's what somebody explained it to me as yeah i just know the white's on top partially because my curb my street address is on my curb and Mm -hmm. it's the texas flag i saw that and the white is on top where the letters go so that's really the the best way i can remember it so see yeah if only someone told me that ahead of time yeah no (laughs) i dude i would have had to look it up i um You'd think the drop zone owner could have told me hey that's upside down (laughs) you know he's actually one of the motivators of this shirt (laughs) <laughs> yeah, Logan, uh, Logan. So uh, if if you're just listening to this, I'm wearing the Fly with Pride shirt. Go to ControlTower.io. Celebrate diversity. Skydivers are all about all types of people, and I love that Logan came up with this shirt. And so many of my friends, I've seen you wearing one. You oh yeah, one, right? for sure. Shout out to Control Tower. It's an awesome shirt. Yeah, uh, a, a guy threw out some super huge shade to people flying a gay pride flag on the USPA calendar. Yeah, like his post. You saw his post. Oh yeah. I was like, I can't wait to see this calendar photo. Like, how horrible is the calendar photo? And then I saw him like, it's homies flying a, a gay pride flag. Yeah, they're jumping with it. It's like a, what, a two-way or a four-way? A five-way or something? Yeah, they just have a flag uh, yeah. over the top of their head in free fall. Yeah. So, man, guys, yeah. it oh, is, it, it's Pride Month, isn't it? It is. So celebrate diversity. Celebrate your friends. Support Control Tower, a super dope group, man. Go to controltower.io. Buy their effing shirts, man. Yeah. Support some really, really cool cats. Um, and they're nice shirts. Right, TJ? Dude, they are comfy as heck. Like, <laughs> usually shirts you buy are cheap. They feel like crap. They're cottony. They're scratchy. The ink is super heavy. 
None of them. I think it was maybe one or two episodes ago, our ad at the beginning, uh, Logan nor Control Tower is part of our show in any way, shape, or form. The ad at the beginning, I just straight up threw an ad out for this shirt. That's how much I feel and want to support what they are doing, man. Yeah. What I've really liked with that is uh, at maybe a once a week or something like that, they'll make a post on their Facebook, Control Tower's Facebook, mm-hmm. and they'll have... I don't know, anywhere from it seems like maybe 10 to 15 different people wearing the shirt that have sent in selfies or photos of them wearing the shirt. But it's not just a photo. They actually have like a description of who the person is. So it's really fun for for me to go through and, and read the description of like, oh, this is this person wearing this shirt at this drop zone. And it's cool to see like, man, this thing has gone all over the place. And and they actually take the time to write a little description, which feels almost like a thank you or like a yeah. shout out to that person for wearing the shirt all over the world. Dude, you got yours with you? Not uh, here. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Bring it to the drop zone tomorrow. Yeah, it's at the drop zone. Let's take pictures tomorrow. Let's share them. Cool. You know, you and I at the first PD Bullseye event, getting yes. set up and planning. Yeah. And throw out some love, dude. Because yeah. I, I love what they're supporting and what they're doing, man. Cool. Right on. Also, Scott Robinson's Alter Negro shirt was one of the best. <laughs> Did you ever see that, Nick? No, but the, I know Scott, and that's hilarious. Alter Negro. So first of all, if you don't know Alter Ego, one of the fucking top swoop teams out there, man. Kurt is, is, is a yeah. bad ass. Kurt he's, and Jeannie Bartholomew. Yeah, he's got 50-some-odd medals, right? Just won mm-hmm. his 50th gold or something like that? Yeah, competition win, something like that. Yeah, yeah, ridiculous, yeah. man. Super badasses, man. And then Scott Robinson, a newer to the swoop scene, although still doing good for himself, part of uh, Control Tower team, mm-hmm. came up with a shirt that said Alter Negro, and if you can't <laughs> put it together, he's not white. I'll just go there for you. <laughs> Yeah, it's it was pretty funny. He he uh, whipped that guy out on stage at one of the FLCPA meets last year, and he just got up on stage. He got well, I'm not sure whatever place he got. I think on it was the third, third perhaps. Yeah. yeah, and he like took off his swoop shirt, and that's what he was wearing. And I don't know, maybe it isn't politically correct or something, but it sure was funny. <laughs> man, PC, I I hate that word. Because, first of all, he's a black man. He can own it and do whatever he wants. And mm-hmm. it, it, it didn't say anything derogatory. No. It was funny as it's fuck. It's like an inside joke. You yeah, know? yeah. It's meant in good, uh, good intentions. But, yeah. I don't know, I think, ah, different conversation for a different time. Well, some people will get uptight and get offended by things. <laughs> yeah, and I, I, I'm personally of the judgment that, like, you can't blame people for having their own feelings. If somebody's going to get upset, I, I understand. Yeah. Uh, you know, everyone's entitled to feel the way that they feel. And that's okay. But, um... I, I know that in Scott's, uh, his in his mindset, it was all meant in good faith and you know, fun and loving. It would totally be a different thing if you stood up there with that shirt on. <laughs> that would be a different story. But when yeah. a black man stands up there, like a black man can call another black man a word that I will not say right now, but they can say, and it's okay. Yeah, and, and he said it. It's okay, man. And mm, people get hurt feeling, man. They're just words. They're just sounds, ultimately, we make with our face. That's true. You know, like, listen to the intent. Listen to the message. Don't don't get your feeling hurt because somebody's just having a little bit of fun. Yeah. Matter of fact, learn to laugh because you hear this argument that, like, kids shouldn't play these violent video games because it desensitizes them to violence. But uh, twisted to this conversation, maybe we should be desensitized to some of these words because maybe these words shouldn't be as offensive as they are. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe yeah, but we I, should get over it. I think you can't. You can control how how you give a message. For you can sure. never control how the message is received. No, for sure. And it's like I don't know. It's such a it's such a hard area because 
there obviously we have problems and there are still problems in this country to this day and they've gone on for years and years and if somebody receives something if they have a personal you know uh, a personal uh like latch on to the way that the emotions that they feel from receiving or from hearing a certain word yeah you can't really control them and i don't think it's fair to also be like hey calm down it wasn't meant like that no you can't shove it in their face no so it's you know it's it's the balance i met a dude i've talked about this dude before and i'm gonna actually just pull the full curtain back on this guy now super good dude i got a lot of respect so i say this with love his name is dave david met us at pia introduced himself as a fan of the show and he complained about the use of a word we use on the show. And it was the word gay. And in the context we would use it in, for example, I would tell Nick, hey, Valerie and I were getting a massage together and we were holding hands. And he would say, <laughs> gay. <laughs> and we, he, the, the word gay would always be in reference to a, a heterosexual action. It's, I'm using it ironically. Yeah. Not like sure. I, have, yeah. I have close gay friends. Totally. Yeah. It's just a silly thing to say. Yeah. yeah. And so Homeboy came and he approached us. He was so respectful about it. He's like, it doesn't really bother me, but it can be offensive. And, and kind of what you're saying. And actually, this is the first time that we've said the word gay on the show outside of referring to somebody who's truly gay out of respect to that thought process. Yeah. Now, that being said, mm, it'll happen again. Yeah, sure. And, and we can't shove it down their throat. But at the same time, if you see me behaving in a way to respect your offenses... Don't be offended when I slip up every now and then totally. if I'm trying to respect you. <clears throat> Absolutely. And yeah. that's where I get I a little bothered because I feel okay to say certain words. And in, in this case, I'm not defending any particular word. Um, but I feel okay saying certain things, and you're going to force it. You don't like it down my throat by making me not say it. You don't want me to force it down your throat by not saying it. So – yeah. You know, there there really is the balance of like, hey, I'll try not to be offensive about it. You try not to be offended by it. Totally. Yeah. It's a balance. Yeah. It's it mutual is. respect. Mutual respect. That's huge. So yeah, for, for sure, anybody who's out there saying offensive things, and if you know me, I am highly offensive with the way I speak sometimes. We, we were in the packing room with Elvin today and the racist Asian comments going on, especially between him and I. I'm, now, I don't know if you noticed, I shaved for the show. <laughs> <You did. laughs> it's, uh, I know. I, um, dude, I, I look more Asian, and that's the joke around the DZ. <laughs> but Elvin and I, we were, I, I was just trashing him, dude, like straight up going at it. And we laughed. But if we're in the right environment, we'll, we'll pull it back. So. Yeah, sure. Skydiving is very lax with its you know, uh, jokes. Room. Yeah, for sure. It happens all the time in skydiving. I think it's something that uh, we learn to love and we appreciate about the sport is the fact that it's all, you know, for the most part, I think, meant in good fun, good love. But it's just always something to be aware of as well. Yeah, I think the shirt says it all. Fly with pride. We're mm-hmm. proud of ourselves. We're proud of each other. Yeah. Let's love each other. Yeah. I really think, uh, back to Logan's message, man, it's about love. It's yeah. about It's about spreading Good vibes, good feelings, good love. So totally don't don't let me hurt your feelings. My opinion ain't worth shit. <laughs> like how I think and how I feel should never affect you because my opinion is, man. Most people regard my opinion better than I do because I don't really <laughs> respect it that much, man. <laughs> like wow, they actually listen to what I said. Whoa. <laughs> so I want to go backwards a couple steps. You're going to San Marcos next. Yes. When are you pulling out of Houston to pull into San Marcos? Uh, that's, that's a mystery. So that means Sunday night you're available. Perhaps. We have a date Sunday night. Oh boy. No, no. Ramen? Yeah, boy. Uh, <laughs> you know it. You yeah, in? Yeah, cool. For sure. You in? Nick, you in? 
I'm in it. Yeah, I could do some ramen. Fuck yeah, dude. Sunday night when we're done at the drop zone, yeah. we're going to go to Ginya Ramen. Okay. Anybody else who wants to join us, uh, find me at the DZ and we'll tell you where we're going. I'm yeah. just going to tell you the opposite because there's only two locations in Houston. <laughs> you have to figure it out. <laughs> no, man. Uh, I, More for us. I love ramen. We we actually had some good ramen in Dallas together. At PIA. That was awesome. Dude, that joint was legit. That was really good. It was very interesting. The smoked, was it smoked barbecue or smoked brisket that they put in there? Yeah. No, well, it was... It was. It ended up being pork, but it was smoked brisket style. Smoke, yeah, like barbecue bris- barbecue pork. Excuse yeah, me. it was very nice. It was legit, dude. And I'm, I'm not. I can't eat the spiciest food in the world. I'm not Mister <laughs> Spicy, but I can, I can, I can hang. And when I go to a new place, I don't challenge them. I say, I want the second most spicy you have. What's going on over there, Mister P? You need um, Yeah, this uh, this power supply isn't plugged into your laptop here, so I'm just trying to find where where it's missing. Okie dokie. I know where it's missing. Uh, go uh, hold on one second. I got to push some buttons. Talk to him. Okay, I didn't. I sorry, think, I was looking. I was investigating the computer that's, computer that's, situation. So, are, are you about are the you, ramen? Are you a pho guy? Pho? Oh, I do love pho. Because it seems like like it's it's kind of this cult thing where people either are like all about about it, or it's just like yeah, I can eat it sometimes. Really? But I don't have like this crazy urge to go get it. Really good when you're hungover. Pho and ramen. Oh, yep. There Both. we go. I don't drink. Both. Ah. Uh, well, I mean, I love them regardless. Let's, let's get shit-faced Saturday, <laughs> and then we'll go to fun No, I still have to work on <laughs> well, Sunday. Well, A, we're going to ramen on Sunday. <laughs> I've done this job long enough Hang to know on. that I okay. like to be sober. Look, my, my, my white person is showing. Let me uh, check my privilege. Will you tell me what the difference between ramen and pho? Like what? what uh, Vietnamese yeah. and Japanese is about as far as I can take this uh, okay. conversation. So, but I'm dealing with big... Big bowls of noodles, though, right? So, yeah, yeah. A, a traditional ramen is usually going to be a, a, a pork broth base, a pork bone broth base. So if you let it set, there's going to be some of that fat that will congeal in the broth, which is why it's, it's eaten then and there and not usually taken home. Uh, it has pork belly in the soup. Um, so usually the soup base and the, the meat in there are two very big differences. Uh, pho, I'm not very big on. When I say I'm not very big on. I'm okay with. I like it, but I, 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 it, I, I enjoy it. But I'm not like, oh my god, I get pho. Most pho I've had, the noodles seem to be a little bit thinner. Mm-hmm. And yep. where it's thank you, Bo, because you knew I was, I was checking. Um, Are you a thick noodled man? Uh, so, you know, I, I don't discriminate <laughs> one or the other. Yeah, Eat ramen has thick and thin noodle, but even usually it's thinner noodle or it's not as not as thin. And yeah. so a lot of it's the toppings that go in it as well. Um, you tend to see a little bit more cilantro and other kind of things in, in pho. Yeah. yeah, it's more of like you have um, cilantro, you have bamboo shoots, you've got some jalapenos, a little bit more greens, I feel like. Yeah, yeah. And ramen is definitely a little more, maybe a bit more hearty. Green hardy. sprouts, uh, pork belly, egg is pretty common. Beside the origins, the difference yeah. between pho versus ramen is mostly the noodle and the topping. Both <laughs> start with the broth. Although ramen has more common variations of broth, you can instantly tell the difference by looking at those noodles. <laughs> Boom. SpoonUniversity.com for the win. Boom. They're both delicious. Thank God you have a black like box over there. <laughs> so, dude, uh, uh, what's that guy's name? DQ. We just took DQ to ramen for the first time. And at some point, he looks at his girl, Ivy. He's like, I'm a little nervous. She's like, it's okay. It's going to be all right. I'm like, bro, you like Asian noodle dishes? He's like, yeah. I'm like, then you're in. <clears throat> and if you know DQ, he's very boisterous. He's very loud in a fun way. Not a, like, he's, very, just, he's got a lot of energy and a lot of entertainment. I love hanging out with him. I forget he can be very socially awkward when in a new setting. Mm-hmm. So when we're at uh, ramen, he is sitting there, and it's just like that little, like, I'm in a new setting. I'm not in my comfort zone. And the awkwardness came out in him, and I'm great. I'm okay. 
but I couldn't read if he liked the ramen or not. So I was thinking like, oh my God, I don't think he liked this. I, I, I hate when people don't like food I introduce them to because I don't want to, I feel bad. I'm like, I didn't want to make you eat something you didn't like, dude. And I saw him the next day. He's like, dude, I can't stop thinking about that ramen, bro. I can't stop thinking. So DQ Sunday night, we're going to ramen, bro. You are more yeah, than invited in. to join us, man. Cool, cool. Right on. That'll be good. Uh, we, we've got to do that. Uh, oh, dude, so I like spicy. I never challenged a ramen shop. I ordered the second spiciest they had. And so did Matt Sigmund. I Matt, have did. never seen Matt go down from spicy. Yeah, he had to stop. He had to stop halfway through. He couldn't eat the rest of his ramen. He, got, he, he said it wasn't because of the spicy. Oh, sure. I don't what know, man. Why? Why did he, he say that? He wouldn't give me another reason. He was, oh, it's not the spicy. It's yeah, just my stomach's I, yeah, bothering me. Yeah, you're right. It's not the spicy. It's just my stomach, which is full of spicy noodles. <laughs> I mean, I, I can defend this man's reasoning that I really love the taste of spicy food, like spicy Thai food especially, mm. or spicy Indian food, Yeah, but it will give me the bubble guts and the diarrhea. Like, yeah. I will wake up in a... I'll have to have a panic shit right away, and I will not feel good until noon the next day if I have spicy food. So yeah, I can understand someone not wanting to eat spicy food for a reason other than it hurts your your mouth. Hmm. All I know is spicy tonkatsu double inferno on Sunday. Is that good? That's where it's mm, at. That's where I'm going, bro. Mm, okay, that's where cool. I'm at. Okay. Val's pants on Monday. Oh yeah. man, stinky bed on Sunday night. <laughs> Val's gonna kick me out to the couch, bro. I did one of those hot wings, hot hot ones challenges. Do you oh, know what yeah? that is? The yeah. where you do the ten different flavors mm-hmm. makes it's increasingly spicier. Yeah, yeah. And by the last one, it's like some sort of high, couple million Scovilles where a jalapeno is like two and a half thousand, I believe. Yeah, that's nothing. Well, yeah. It where was, was it at? Where'd you do this challenge? It was in Florida. Is that in Deland? Um, you got to take me there. No, no, no. We like our friend Steve. He has all the sauces, and he oh, he brought yeah. the wings over. We got them from the drop zone. The wings, dry wings, and then he dipped them himself, and then fed them to us. And oh, dude, I mean, by the first like five are are uh, you know they're they're warm, but they're pretty good. I like the flavor's pretty nice. Mm-hmm. And then you get to six. And it really starts to amp up. And, you're, and that's when your mouth kind of starts to go numb. And then, like, seven is just you're crying. You're, you're sweating. You need breaks in between. Eight, nine, ten. I mean, they're terrible, but your entire face is numb. So you can't feel anything at that point. Did you guys <laughs> record this at all? Did you guys? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, we did. Awesome. Yeah. It was, uh, it was, it was, it was fun until the next day. And then I oh. really realized how bad spicy food can, can feel uh, as it passes. <laughs> that burning ring of fire. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. I'm so glad my office was next to the bathroom that day. Oh, man. It was so terrible. <laughs> Dude, your office, I, I'm going to completely... It, the This show kind of sucks sometimes because we have, we limit ourselves to about two hours, and you're one of those guests that if we will very easily go over the two hours, so apologize if we do. So while I have a chance to think of it and, and not get too far sidetracked on ramen... Your office is Performance Designs. Yes. You work there. And before we actually started the show, we were talking about Nick and I are going to try to make it to the land this winter to do a road show interviewing a bunch of really cool people. Um, And I actually spoke with Nick and said, you haven't done the tour of the PD Factory. You guys actually give a tour there, right? We do. Yeah, absolutely. We'll do a tour uh, pretty much every day if somebody comes by. Um, The tour schedule is set for 3 o'clock, which is conveniently after... The two o'clock tour at UPT, so people can go there first and then come over to us at three o'clock. And we'll show them around the entire factory. We'll walk them through the maintenance department, which is really in, pretty neat and interesting. Um, 
It's where they fix canopies, essentially. They'll do relines, inspections, patches, entire cell replacements. They'll take a canopy from something that's been sitting in somebody's garage in a wadded-up you know, ball of mess for years and years and make it, make it good and flyable again, hopefully, anyway. <laughs> uh, and then, uh, so we walk them through there, and then we walk people through the actual production floor where you, you get a taste of how a canopy comes to life. Meaning, I think it's really cool. Um, like the the every time, so at the end of the tour, you get to go up on the balcony and you get to do like an overhead view of the entire production yeah. floor. And at that moment, I always just sit up there and I like look at the far end, which is where the raw materials are. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> you have all the bolts of fabric on the wall, and I look at the far end there, and then I look at everything that goes on up until right beneath where the balcony is, and that's where the final inspection is. Yeah, we just think that like. It's just this beautiful, it's so cool that like these just things, these materials sitting on the wall or, you know, sitting over there can become something that people uh, not only trust to jump out of a plane, but also have like any, an emotional time with, like they have a, a bond or an attachment or they get an emotional experience from something that just right in front of your eyes came to life. It's it's, it's amazing to watch the process. One of the things, one of the first things that shocked me, or, or I've done the tour a couple times now, and I'll, I'll tell you, I was shocked to hear there's a time you're supposed to take it. Um, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. If you come by whenever, we're happy to show yeah. you around. Uh, I've I've taken it both times as a sponsored athlete, so a little bit of a, a inside uh, mm-hmm. scoop. But you guys, a inspect every inch of every bolt of fabric. Yes, before it even is allowed to go to a cutting table. Yes. And it was amazing to see that there are dudes who stand there in front of a light board and they look at every single piece of fabric. And you guys are picky as fuck. Yeah, I've heard some cool it. stories of them finding pressed insects in the fabric. No nah, shit. From when the fabric was being manufactured. And like you just see a little like ant that's been squished to, you know, however thick that fabric is, a millimeter or whatever. Like squished down into that, and of course that ant doesn't make it into my canopy. No, yeah, he's not going Scott Evan. <laughs> which I mean, it would be kind of cool to know I have a squished ant in my canopy, but that's how picky the standards are there. They're very high. And then to learn the first time I did the tour, there was only one cutting table. Oh, really? So, yeah, that's wow, how you're old. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, DJ. <laughs> I mean, your experience. The first time I took the tour was two thousand. Okay. Just literally 2000. Yeah. Uh-huh. It was maybe uh, January, February of 2000. And there was, they, I think they were working on the second cutting table. Mm-hmm. I don't think it was around yet. Cool. And it was really cool to see how it's a, I call it the inverted hockey table. I don't know yeah, if that was sure. the name somebody told me or if it's just what I came Probably, up with. Probably, because that's what we tell everybody pretty much. Okay. Because I'm positive I came up with it from you guys. So I just <laughs> like, is that my own stupid brain? Or, and to see how the fabric sucked down, to see how you guys choose to cut bolts of fabric. Yeah, so the laser tables are pretty neat because they are designed uh, in-house. They're built in-house. They're not – Bilko, the, the owner of Performance Designs, designed the first one in the mid-'90s, and it was designed for the sole purpose of building parachutes. It was never taken from any other um, industry or any other manufacturing process and then applied to building parachutes. Mm-hmm. It was designed for this specific reason. So the width of it – is is ideal the length of it is ideal um the way that it holds the fabric in place you know it is perfect for the application of building or cutting uh pieces of parachute it's really neat it's really neat to see we have four of them now and uh it's it's 
Four of them into land. Four of them into land, yes. Uh huh. Yeah. Last time I was there, I think they were on three. Yeah, we've got four up and running. Damn. Now, Belize, not Belize. Mexico. Mexico. What's the name of the city where the other factory starts with a B, isn't it? I'm not really sure, honestly. Oh, the, so anyways, the other factory, is it's identical, right? Uh, it's much smaller. But I mean, uh, but overall, other than that, it's basically a scaled down, same footprint. You yes. have the same workflow, the same positions, the same everything. Yeah, yep, exactly the same. Um, all this stuff comes up here for final inspection, though. So there is some crossover of pieces and parts uh, between the U.S. and Mexico. So it all comes back to the U.S. for final inspection and then uh, gets sent out from here. So um, the, the the production facility we have in Mexico, but like all the people there are trained to the same exact standards. Some people kind of like bat an eye when they hear that there's a production facility in Mexico, but they're trained to the exact standards. It's a really, really, really good job for the individuals that get to work there. Um, yeah. Same with Indoland. Like PD is a great company to work for. And uh, I think all the people that work in either of the facilities – get excited and take pride in the fact that they get to build these things that that obviously we're slightly obsessed with. It's really cool to have gone through the tour and seen the ladies and guys who are <clears throat> building the canopies. There's a lot of ladies on the sewing room floor. Sure. And yep. for them to see us super interested in what they're doing, you can tell the ladies have been there a while because they're just like, whatever, man, this yeah, is yeah. not a zoo. Stop <laughs> staring at me. But those who haven't been there long, if they see how excited we get, and you can see their pride and workmanship where they're like, yeah, I'm making, you know, that parachute. And Totally. Were you with PD when uh, at some point, I think Ella was the one who asked for this. She asked a bunch of the sponsored athletes to send in a video clip of Merry Christmas to the PD staff. Mm, no, you know I wasn't about this? there. Yeah, we, we were all asked to do the same thing. We're like, yo, Merry Christmas. We want to thank you guys from PD. And just send your own personal message of thanks and what PD and particularly campies do for us and what they mean to us. Cool. Nice. And it's super cool to share with, with those ladies because there obviously is a lot of pride in the floor. Yeah, for sure. One of the uh, Go ahead. I was just going to say that they have a lot of, they have a lot of um, spirit out there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah it, it's neat to see how much of a unit the company is yeah you know, totally definitely uh do you guys still do uh selling the dream is that the name of the um, guy kawasaki book no i'm no. not familiar. so once upon a time uh, this is friends at pd and i don't know how truer uh, this is or isn't but i've had multiple friends work at pd one who had said this is required reading for us we have to read selling the dream by guy kawasaki hmm. and why do people buy an apple computer yeah not because they like a mac why do people wear an iWatch? Not because they like an I, I, Apple Watch. It's because they are Apple fans. Now, right. it's not true of all of us. Like, I have mainly mainly PCs, but an iPhone. I'm not an, an Apple fan. I just happen to have an iPhone. Mm-hmm. Um, but people buy the brand. Bill, uh, 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 Steve Jobs, uh, when they first started hiring people, they, they had software evangelists. Their job was to sell the brand Apple, not to sell the software. Sure. So they're software evangelist. And so that book is about selling a brand more than anything else. And it's yeah. so cool because it's not just the customers of PD. It's the employees of PD who all really – I mean, some people say it's cult-like. <laughs> but it's a family. It, it's easy to say that when you have such a strong product and people believe in the product. Yeah, for sure. I think so too. But no, I, And I've heard John uh, LeBlanc quote that that book before as well. And I think it's something from a marketing perspective that makes a lot of sense. You know, Mm -hmm. you need people to, to believe in your product or you need people to want your product, but believe in the brand. Yes. Um, uh, and it's, it's nice. Like it's (laughs) for my job, which 
I travel to drop zones and I go see a lot of people and it's very, very uh, reassuring the fact that I have so many people come up to me and are like, oh, I had this interaction with PD or this interaction. It was so easy and so great. And you guys took so much care of me. And it's, it's like that, you know, that makes, that makes me believe in the brand, even though I already do. <laughs> it's really cool to, to hear all that stuff and hear these people that are just, they're stoked on, yeah, they get to fly this fun parachute, but they've had these other interactions with the company or they've, they've followed along with this development or that development of the company or the R&D or the testing. And they've actually gotten us you know, that they have a more of an emotional attachment than just, um, flying the parachute. The, the testing is one of the standards that PD holds that makes me so believe in the product. You know, I don't get me wrong. If you're listening, I believe there's a lot of other great manufacturers out there. There's a lot of great canopies. Thankfully we live in a world today where there's a huge bunch of choices of phenomenal wings out there. But one of the things I like about PD is they're not always first to the market with a class of canopy because y'all spend so much more time in R&D. Yeah. Uh, we were talking before the show about a, a seminar, and I, I'll quote the name wrong, but from concept to production or for concept to product or something was the name of the seminar. Sure, that sounds familiar. And there was like a thousand test jumps put over on a canopy over the course of three to four years, and they showed all the logging and detail and information that goes in to test jumping these canopies. And I, I want to say the zero was a thousand jumps total was the ballpark number. Um there's 26-page document on the incel assembly of a Valkyrie, 20-some-page document on the yeah. RDS uh, itself. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. The amount but, of information and thought put into it. Yeah, so it's easy to talk about. I mean, you've got two things on your hand there. You're talking about the R&D, but also the, the quality uh the uh, you know quality control mm-hmm. through the company. You're just the, the top level of production, and both of those are... Um, Definitely at the, at the top of the industry, I, I would I would say, and I believe uh, the the testing in R and D. Yeah, you know R and D takes a long time, and parachute's not ready until it's ready. But the thing about PD, which is you know take it the way you will, it's a, it's a very large company, and we sell to people all over the entire world. So of course we have to test these products through and through and through because once it's released, if people are buying that on the other side of the world. When you put that canopy in a bag and you ship it across the world, you have to know that it's going to, one, be safe, um, two, uh, work, and three, like deliver the experience that you want that person to have. Um, PD is not only a company that <clears throat> wants people to uh, like be safe on their skydive. Of course we do. But we want people to have a good time. That's the point of jumping out of planes, to have fun. We don't do it because of any other reason really except for that it's fun to do <laughs> so if you're afraid of your parachute you're probably not going to have fun oh yeah for sure you know that, that i was going to bring this up way later but like i have had re- people recently come and try out canopies at two at demo events and and they've come to me and said oh you know i've been flying i got a couple hundred jumps i've been flying this and this and this and then i, I put them on a canopy in this specific case i put them on a stiletto and they were, you know, a little questionable because they're like, ah, Stiletto, like, it's been around so long, I don't know. And uh, and then they, they come back after their first jump, and her exact words was, that's the first time I've ever had fun under my parachute. I was like, yeah, 
That's so cool. <laughs> Man, don't listen to people's biases. You know, it, it's, and I'm not saying you, people who are like, well, I don't know about this candidate because you've listened to somebody's bias. Yeah. What you like and what I like are two different things, and you got to try it all out. And that's another thing is y'all have the largest range of can or the most diverse choice of canopies out there. It's very diverse, yeah. Yeah, I don't think any other manufacturer has as many canopies as you guys. As yeah. a matter of fact, I think some manufacturers combined don't have as many canopies as you guys. <laughs> and all sure. respect to those people out there. There's a lot of great people. I mean, dude, I've known Scott Roberts for years and what Fluid Wings is doing to push that next level. It, it's great, man, and that's good, healthy competition. Everybody's making everybody better. Yeah. But it's so many choices. But there, there's one there thing are. about production I've always wanted to get more detail on or at least more questions on. And I learned on my last tour is – and help me out. And, I'm, and I don't even know if I remember this right. I hope I can answer it for you. <laughs> I hope you can, dude. Every panel, every component, every rib, every whatever yep. has a little laser – Cut code. Cut code. Okay. You laser know what I'm going. cut code. Yeah, yeah. And so basically, if anything were to happen, they were, they'd be able to look at this individual thumbprint, so to speak, and say, this goes here or this goes there. Yes. Yeah. Is that something that is also used to identify canopies later, or is that just something only used for manufacturing? Uh, okay, so what it is, uh, let's, I'll explain the backstory of it. Please. Yeah. Laser cut codes are these little dot sequences. It looks similar to Braille. Um, and the laser tables put that in every single panel, every single piece of fabric that is cut. Um, and so what that does is during the production process, during the manufacturing process, it allows the, the person who sorts the, the pieces into, um, let's say you have, because the, 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 the laser tables don't only cut one parachute at a time. They cut many different parachutes all at once. You know, we're maximizing the space. We're maximizing the space. We're trying to... Re- and um, materials. And materials. We're trying to improve efficiency, reduce waste, all that stuff. So they cut many different pieces. And then somebody has to look at those pieces and figure out, all right, this is the left stabilizer on the Sabre 2135. This is the, you know, the, the second to the left bottom skin piece for a Pulse 190, whatever it is. They have to be able to figure out what piece that is. And so those la- the little Braille um, laser cut code allows that person, they've got a little uh, reader for it, a decoder, mm-hmm. and they look at it and then they say, all right, this is this piece for this canopy um, manufactured on this date. Does it have data manufacturer? It has piece number, uh, or part number, serial number, maybe data manufacturer. I can't remember off the top of my head. But anyway, so then, then that that's during the production process. Um, afterward, if something ever happens to uh, your canopy, if let's say your warning label gets ripped off, uh-huh. or um, I don't know, you know, it's so damaged that you can't read what what model parachute it is, we have ways of going inside the canopy and actually finding that laser cut code and then decoding it and telling what serial number that is for for which canopy. That's what I okay. So you, that's what you're getting at. Yeah, 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 for sure, dude. And I was wondering, like, could I still get into my canopy and figure it out if I knew what I was doing? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So most of those laser cut codes, like I said, they're on every single piece, but most of it gets sewn into the seams. They're put in a place that on most of the parachute, you're not going to be able to find it because it's sewn into the seams. Unless I take it apart. Yeah, which you're not going to. We're not going to do. But it is left exposed. Uh, and I don't know the exact spot, but I believe it's the 
one of the center ribs at the very tail. That's what I So, thought. like, it deep inside the canopy all the way to the back. And you might be able to find a little. Dude, I'm going to walk sequence. up on the drop zone this next week. I'm going to see this little Aussie, Aussie little dude named Jackson <laughs> turning his canopy inside out, dude. Yeah, looking for it. Oh, I'm, I'm, you have to meet Jackson this week. And you're going to meet, first of all, he's a TB. He uses the word TB, and it stands for top bloke. He is this little Aussie guy, man, and he is a – we call him GCs. He's a good cunt, man. He yeah. is just a good fella. Yeah, right on. Cool. But he listens, A, to the show all the time. Every day he, look at, he looks at me and goes, have we been talking about skydiving this whole time? Which is part of our intro song. <laughs> and then uh, he regularly, when he heard you were going to be a show, Bo taught me how to pack. I'm like, he did. It's like, yeah, tip Tuesday. Oh, uh, yeah. And there's a group it. of guys on the DZ who right now know how to pack. Like, Hopefully Jack, they pack well. Jackson saw this. Dude, they actually look like, they, they look squared away. They're doing a good job. Nice. I forget who he was saying, but he's like, yo, I saw this other dude on the DZ packing. And he was packing just like me. I'm like, yo, bro, where did you learn to uh, pack? From Bo Reby on Tip Tuesday. <laughs> me too, bro. Oh, that's funny. So that Tip Tuesday bullshit you're putting out, it, it's it working, works. dude. Yeah, People yeah. are learning. That makes me excited. What makes me more excited is when somebody comes to me and they say, hey, I actually listened to what you guys said about packing this way or that way, and my openings have completely gotten fixed. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> There you go. There's more to it than, than, you know, it actually makes sense what we say. Yeah, and it's it's so funny because I hear people talk about, well, my buddy told me this or my instructor told me that. And without uh, uh, these instructors and these buddies of yours might be super smart, but, man, the horse's mouth. For sure. You're not the smartest dude in the world. You're a heads-up dude. You're not the smartest dude in the world, and you didn't invent this thing. But you're working Certainly for the didn't. people who did invent it. Yep. And you've gotten this information, and that's one thing John is good about, making sure people have proper information. Yeah. You know, it's a, it's, it's a joke Nick knows I like to joke around about when somebody says platform. And I'm like, plan for it. I hold my tongue all the time yeah. when people say that. Just so everybody knows out there in the world, it's not called a platform. It is called a plan form with an N. Like you're looking at a blueprint plan from above you're looking at can't be from above it's the plan form correct and uh i actually i think it was kyle schoonover who actually schooled me on that one day it was very polite very respectful yeah. but definitely educated me i'm like oh well that makes a lot more sense yeah 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 and that's exactly it it's the it's the the shape of the parachute from above uh or below i suppose yeah. that's what the plan form is Man, the shapes are changing so much nowadays. They are. I'm, yeah. I'm super excited, man. I, I love a, you know, it, it's commonly we're seeing the, the best or, or the initial evolution in high performance. And I, th- and I believe part of it is, and in, in back to the day, you know, you may know of a guy named Luigi or Louis Caney. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a, of course. Lu, uh, Lu, Luigi Lewis. Um, I know him as Luigi, I think the world Luigi, today. Yeah, yeah, I know yeah. Luigi. Uh, Luigi, uh, good buddy. And Icarus, when they were doing the smallest possible canopies, they were like, oh, when we scale it down, things become so responsive. Now we're like, oh, we understand this better, so now we can put them up to more docile plan forms. Right? Mm-hmm. We can go to larger wings and make a lot more sense of it. And it seems like that's just consistently true throughout the market where we see the bigger evolutions in the high-performance stuff, but it almost always trickles down in some shape, form, or fashion, whether it's line type or shape. Or trickles up. Trickles up. Ah, <laughs> you're actually right, man. Damn it, you sort of, of kind of. No, straight up. No, dude. Yeah. No, legit. It trickles up. Um, at PIA, dude, we're super busy at that event. It I love crazy. that event. 
But uh, I was mainly stuck. I say stuck, man. I, I, I had a great time <laughs> at the L&B booth. Uh, it's family there. It's a good time. And the only time I got to the PD booth was either A, to grab you for ramen one day before we opened. Yeah, that's right. Or B, for Carl and I to sit down for a little quick uh, meeting. Okay. There you go. When I was in past. Did you like the booth? Dude, A, y'all deserved it. Y'all, yeah. So PD, if you guys haven't been to PIA Symposium, in 2021 is the next one. It is going to be in Cincinnati. Man, check it out. It is such a cool show. You'll meet all your effing heroes. It's a good time. But for years, companies had the most boring booths ever. It just really, it was duds, man. And over the years, people started up in the ante. And PD has always put on dope booths. But this year, y'all crushed it. Yeah, it was really good. Fuck. Shout out to Natasha, yeah. uh, who works with us. She was the one that... That kind of came up with the idea and really made it happen. We had a couple of really good dudes in engineering also put it all together. So you got to pay attention sick. at PD because you go to that booth. And years ago, in I think thirteen, the backdrop Justin Carmody uh, mm-hmm. made this backdrop. Yeah, there were a, there was a UFO in the backdrop. Yeah, like there were things that you just you wouldn't notice. For was example, that the drop zone was that the drop zone one where it's maybe like a it bunch 15. of different parachutes flying all over yeah, the place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Might have been the fifteen. I think I've seen that picture in backgrounds <clears throat> at work for you guys. But 2019, y'all's booth, the Florida picture above the couch. Looks like a classic tropical Florida photo that you'd buy in any souvenir shop. Till you look closely and go, there's parachutes in there. That is a custom freaking PD. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you guys are tricky. It was a picture of um, Maha. Yeah, yeah. Swooping at Cocoa Beach, swooping the water right in front of the pier. Okay. So it's like, it is our backyard. Cocoa Beach is right down the road, essentially. So it was, yeah, it was super cool. And then also there were a lot of little details of like, there were some really old photos of, of John and Bill skydiving, jumping weird parachutes back in the day. Um, it was, it was just a very cool, like tropical theme, bring Florida to, to Texas, I suppose, to the ranch country and, uh. (laughs) have kind of a beach laid back theme, which was perfect for my vibe. I loved it. I was like, this is awesome. I get to wear flip-flops every day. Dude, it was perfect. You had that. You had UP2 who brought hay, yeah. which all the UPT employees hated because they had to vacuum up hay every day, all day. <laughs> yeah. um, so they had the Western theme. And then, of course, LMB. We look like the Apple store. Yeah, oh, yeah. It's super clean. Very nice, though. I mean, that's... Uh, hey, I love it. That's a good look, man. You can't discredit that. It's no. clean. It makes it look professional. I like that. We always had a crowd. We always had a party. We also had Roberta. So that did not hurt the party, dude. Roberta, Claire, Laura. Hmm. Yeah. Were there more? Uh, also, um, Monica, Luke's wife. Yes, yes, yes. Luke had to pull out early. Uh, Luke was actually there for PIA. And I pulled into the hotel for PIA, unloading my car. He was loading his car. And he's like, man, yeah, just just a little mix up with his schedule. And he had the bell. So right. and then, of course, Jeffro was there. Red Bull. Gosh, dude, tons of Red Bull. Can't they just let PIA have it? Like, hey, sorry, Luke, you go do your PIA thing. Red Bull can wait. So actually, (laughs) it wasn't a Red Bull. Oh, was it? Yeah, it was. uh, Uh. Him and Jeff were in a lot of businesses together, Uh. or a lot of business together, and just some uh, work that they had to take care of. Okay, so um, I don't know how much of that they they want to talk about, but I yeah, yeah, yeah. not Red Bull this time. (laughs) But yeah, yeah, that guy is man. They're they're all over the place. Yeah. One of the things I like about y'all's booth, though, is every year you hang something up in the booth to share. Uh, one year, there was a bunch of letters on the wall, and if you paid enough attention, you could find the letters Horizon. 
This is before the Horizon Canopy was released. Hmm. There was a Horizon hanging on a rack, no labels, no nothing. They just, oh no, it wasn't that. It wasn't that. It was what's the base canopy? The proxy. It was the proxy that they did that with. Ah, okay. They I'm did like, that with the proxy. No, we did that with Horizon. No, no, the Horizon was revealed in uh, Chattanooga. Yes, uh-huh, that's when we first had that. That we was your first that year. One. That was. Okay, yeah. now it's all falling together. Yeah. Uh, but you guys had a new canopy. I didn't get a chance to look at too much. <clears throat> Semi-cross brace, is this that year? what I saw? Yeah. Yeah, this year we did. Uh, yeah, if you didn't go to PA, how high you missed out. We're not going to talk about it here. <laughs> Just kidding. So turn off the mics, Nick. I need to hear about <laughs> We're this We're done. <laughs> I quit. It's nice <laughs> having you. Should I start the music? Start the music. <laughs> Kick it. Uh, no, we... Okay, okay, I'll let you all in. But I... I only know what I know. So w- this is a um, a prototype canopy. I assume I can talk about it because we brought it to PIA. So I will share with you what I know. Um, it's a prototype canopy. We we obviously have many different prototypes mm-hmm. uh, that we are constantly working on. But this is one that we felt would be fun to show, fun to share with the public, and and kind of uh, let people see some of the different things that we're working on at the moment. So. This was, yeah, just like you said, it was a partially cross-brace canopy. Um, it has uh, more of kind of the the modern slash progressive Schumann plan form that you might see in similar parachutes like the Valkyrie um, or the Peregrine with that more tapered nose and a, a flatter tail area. Uh, and it it's not going to be, I mean, it's obviously not released right yet, Um but it is something that we're still working on, and once it's ready to go, I can tell you because I've jumped it. It is freaking awesome, super super fun parachute to fly. So, Neos, you know the name Neos? Yeah, of course. Center cross brace, outer yep. conventional. Yes, uh-huh. same does same thought process. Same there. idea. Yeah. Um, yeah, same idea, but totally different parachute. I yeah, mean, yeah. You can't. Re- you can compare those in the sense that yes, they both have partial. They both have some cells that are cross brace, some cells that are not cross brace. But that's that's. It's like I saying mean, you and Nick are both white boys. Yeah, <laughs> I mean it's just gonna some foundation no. of race. He's a, he's a he's a work of art over there. Uh, you're yeah. fucking beautiful. Don't give me that shit. I thought your dad's <laughs> name was David, not Art. <laughs> oh, but I'm th- I got jokes for days. Um, so. What market is this catering towards? Like, what, what can you say where it's going to be? So, well, I don't think, I don't think it's fair to say, I don't think it's fair to say, uh, exactly because you don't know until the parachute's done. Sure. Like, you, you have, when you, you know, when you set off with a, a project like this, you have an idea of the, the type of skydiver that you want to reach. Um, and so you build a, you build a product and you see what it does and then you revise it and then you do it again and you do subrevisions and you do revisions and you change this and you change that and you constantly are like molding this thing. So the parachute, it's really, we're not going to know for sure hundred percent who, who it's going to be marketed at until people get to try it. And they say, this suits me. This doesn't suit me. Um, definitely a swooping canopy. I would say capable uh, of, Ah, yeah, absolutely. Well, it should be so capable of it. <laughs> yeah, totally. You can swoop anything out there. Um, it's going to be geared at that kind of like advanced moving towards high performance market. Okay. I believe um, it should be, you know, with uh, with nice harness response, good front riser pressure, um, moderate, not too high front riser pressure, but good rear riser response. Uh should have a nice kind of like medium recovery arc, medium to long recovery arc somewhere in there. 
Um, Did I see riblets in the tail on that canopy? Uh, not on the model that we brought to PIA. Okay. Dot, dot, dot. It's, uh, yeah, no, we can read in that. So uh, people who don't know what I mean, you know what your ribs are in your canopy. Riblets, if you look at some of your uh, high-performance canopies, they're really short ribs between ribs that are just in the tail, which give us better rear riser response and input. I thought it was just the things that, like, McDonald's sold, like chicken riblets or dude, your the riblet McRib. sandwich. McRiblets. The McRib, <laughs> dude. I can't wait for October. The McRib is back. You're disgusting. Oh, fuck you. We're done. We're out. But, dude, the McRib is phenomenal it's horrible it's not me i don't care what it is it tastes i love good. the mcrib uh, so. you're one of those people when like the commercial comes on they're like it's back you've been waiting all year mm-hmm. the mcrib oh you you know i call like, them disgusting screw you <laughs> screw you no oh man no <laughs> i have a buddy uh, actually I, this guy's gonna be on the show in about a month and a half billy whitaker a buddy of ours he owns a few mcdonald's franchises and every now and then I'll check in with them about McRibs. And I know when they come out. And when they're done, I'm like, yo, where are you getting more McRibs to the hell back? Like, can I come in? He's like, dude, actually, like, give me a holler. I might be able to see it. I might have uh, something somewhere. Nice. Oh, That's dude. cool. It's straight up, it's a piece of shit. <laughs> Man, extra sauce, extra onion, uh, extra sauce, extra onion, and pickle. And it is, I mm. love that sandwich. I love it, man. Mm. Are, are we really doing a fucking McRib oh commercial my right now? God, I love <laughs> McRib. DJ Shut is. your face off. So, Gravity Lab Radio <laughs> brought to you this week by McDonald's. <laughs> the McRib is coming back. Well, but, if they want to put a logo on the bottom of my canopy, maybe I'd think about it. Oh, dude, straight up, man. What about Chipotle? Mm. Mm, free birds. Yeah. Mm. Free, free birds. birds. Chipotle has quality all over the country, though. That's why I like it. Yeah, you can't I find free birds so out of here. Uh-uh, no, just Texas, right? Yeah, yeah I, don't, I don't know of any place think, else. So. Yeah, I think it's just Texas. So this new canopy prototype coming up, hopefully in the near future. <clears throat> oh, yeah. But back to Absolutely. something we mentioned earlier, man. A thousand test jumps is not unheard of for PD. No, huh? three to four years of production not. is th- these are normal things. Yeah. So uh, yeah. we don't know. It's a long process, man. That's the thing about test jumping is it's it's ready when it's ready. People say like, oh, when's that parachute coming out? It's gonna come out when it's ready. Get that closer to your face. It's gonna come out when it's ready. Yeah, you can move it's this gonna... stand if you want. Actually, can I go to the bathroom? Go to the bathroom. I have to go pee, everybody. Hey, man, he's already broken the seal. Yeah. You know, it's uh, it's interesting because Nick and I are actually doing some test jumping for Infinity, and we can look at shortcuts of how we can get this product to the field. Can we quicker. can we talk about test jumps? Sure, dude. We did one today. Oh my god, dude, that what, was so uh, money. So you know, I have always wondered what it's like to have a terminal reserve ride. Every time someone comes down and they've had a terminal reserve ride, I yeah. just think like, man, that's got to be so crazy. To, I mean, just just the abruptness of the opening, how how different it feels to open a parachute and anything other than than pulling your your main handle. But uh, it's not as you, bad as you think it you is. You brought up something that I thought was pretty interesting. Um, this was not today's jump, but uh, a couple of days ago. Yeah, where you notice the the pack volume, the the main tray still being packed, pushed yeah. into your lower back, and how different that that felt. Uh, what's on my butt, dude? Is what I thought. What's on my butt? So how how is that uh, that opening? So number one, you've probably heard at least once, if not both times, like, "Oh, that was brisk." <laughs> So it's it's definitely it's shocking. It's brisk. It's quick. The first one actually I was a little bit sore from. This last one, no no soreness at all. No issues at all. Um, it, it, but it's still brisk. Um, it happens. It happens quick. I mean, compare it to like a hard opening. Is it like a hard opening or is it like an opening but faster? 
I would actually take it. It's an opening, but faster. It's not a hard opening. Um, I've had worse openings on my mains for sure. Um, not normally, not commonly, but it, it's just a quick opening. Um, the thing that that's interesting that people don't know or don't think about or, or some might know is your reserve is designed to deploy unstable. You're going to be spinning. You're going to be a malfunction. You're going to be vertical, whatever. Your reserve is designed to deploy unstable. And something that you and I have got to witness now, and, and I've actually hear, heard Bill Booth talk about this. I've heard Kelly Farrington talk about this, that a reserve deployed stable is more likely to get caught in your burble. And people have actually waited for their AED to fire. Like, what happened? Oh, I couldn't Jeez. do anything. So what do you do? I waited for my AED. Cypress, take the wheel is not really something you should believe in. And both our reserve, both my totals in the last couple of days, the pilot shoot launches, the burble pushes it back onto my back, and it dances around my back before it launches out. That pilot shoot hesitation on a stable reserve deployment was super legit. And then that first time flying around the sky, I'm like, what's on my back? What's on my butt? What's, oh, dude, that's my main. There's a, it feels so weird, dude. So effing weird to have that main back there. Bo, have you been a part of any test jumping? Oh, one sec. It, you, it doesn't, if it's top secret, you don't have to no, tell me. No, I think you've done if some it, work if with it's DRC. One of those, uh, you can tell me you have to kill me. I'd rather you just not tell me. <laughs> uh, I, I don't do a ton of test jumping. I do do some. Uh, you said do do. Do do. Do do do. Sometimes that happens too. What's, what's like Step the earliest thing you've jumped? Like, okay, Bo, we need you to do this. It's been jumped this many times. It's in this part of the process. No, I wish I had some cool, exciting story about that. Jeez, you make me feel lame. Well, you're nothing, nothing be crazy. a lot less cool when you don't have an answer. <clears throat> well, like, we, we have specific test jumpers. We have people out there that that is their full-time job is to um, go up and do initial stability testing with these canopies. I'm not one of those people. <laughs> I will jump a canopy every once in a while to get a feel for it, to see what it's doing, to give any input or feedback. Uh, but I'm not at the point yet, I suppose, where I'm doing like initial stability testing. Also, it's you know I've got a job that eats up a lot of my time elsewhere, so they use the people that that that's their specific duty. I just <laughs> you said duty. I, I and I, I first of all, out of all respect, want to name the company. I'm allowed to say the name of the company, right? I've seen the ads places. I believe so. Number one, number two, I have to say it because I love the initials. It's D R C, the Land Research Corporation. Mm-hmm. Very similar to T R C, but it's D R C. So I just I, I've always <laughs> been took it. Yeah, I'm like, oh my god, they got the coolest initials ever. Cause, <laughs> yeah, um, and these guys, they know their business. Yeah, they they record exactly. every jump. Yeah, video. It's unbelievable. <clears throat> they write up entire like um, documents uh, describing the opening sequence, the opening uh, feelings, the flight, the landings, uh, the the you know every type of flight characteristic. They're describing it all, uh, and that's that's <clears throat> done through the entire process of when the canopy was first thought of to the very, 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 very final test jumps. So all the revisions, all the sub revisions, everything that goes into building a new parachute they are documenting the entire journey of it it's i it's interesting because i got to at that one seminar read they they actually posted some of the they put on the the presentation some of the write-ups and actually read yeah some of what the things these test pilots would write and just the way they think about and analyze things like dude i'm pretty technical pretty nerdy pretty detail oriented and i'm reading this stuff going like 
these guys are Van Gogh. That's <laughs> pretty cool, huh? Because they're yeah. looking at things that you don't even think about. As a normal jumper, like they are analyzing this parachute tenfold to what the normal skydiver would ever consider. Yeah, absolute artist. Yeah, it's so true. It's really cool. It's really neat to to listen to them talk about you know what they're what they're feeling, what they're looking for, and be like, oh wow, I never even thought about that. And back to it, you can't rush testing. Yeah. You know, if, if somebody gets hurt under this wing or under this mart or under this container, the person who did the testing and cheated the testing process or the company who takes it is going to have to ask themselves, man, if I would have done my job right, would it have mattered? Yeah, I know. And It's crazy, huh? Yeah. And, and a lot of great manufacturers, again, I, I won't pick on any, any one of them for sure, but there have been manufacturers who have been known to release to the market early who have multiple revisions in their first year of production including there have been massive injuries and accidents to jumpers because of things that if testing went further, it would probably be okay. Now, there are other manufacturers who also test that thoroughly, mm-hmm. but I, I, I think PD is second to none. There might be other people as good, but there ain't anybody greater. There's no doubt about it in my mind. Yeah, right on. So I want to I break off of the design. I, we, I could sit here for hours on this, and when I get with John LeBlanc, I'm going to sit there for oh, hours man, with this. Oh, man, have fun. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I really was bummed because I like and, and know Jill as well, and I wish him the best on his future endeavors, but I was hoping to do an engineering conversation with him one day. Yeah, sure. Because, God, he could crush that. He can talk. He's a really smart guy. There's some other people in engineering, though, that I guarantee you could sit down with and have a good conversation. As we get closer to that date, you're going to have to help me set that up and take care of that. Yeah. But you're in town right now with the PD Demo Tour. Yep. I want to talk about the PD Demo Tour in a little while. We're going to kind of get to that eventually. Okay. So people can test jump canopies. They can see what they like, like uh, learn what they want to buy, see what their next canopy is. You have mains and reserves, all your popular sizes and types of mains and popular sizes of reserves. What are we talking about right now? Because it sounds like we are. So I'm going to fast forward. <laughs> that. That's what we're going to get to more about. Okay, okay. But there's another reason you're in town, and it's yeah. not ramen. No, uh-uh. What is it? It's the PD Bullseye. Dude. Yeah. It's going to be sick. It's so cool, man. We've been very blessed in Houston that I think we're the first stop. You are the very first one. We have actually been the first stop for another event for PD before in the past. So as Houston jumpers, we're spoiled and we're blessed, man. What I've talked about it on the show, but I don't think I can give it fair credit. What is this event? So in basics, it's a... Uh, well, that's cool. Are you playing that on the screen? Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh the little thing. <laughs> nice. I'm eating, so I muted myself. But yeah, I've been having some good uh, visual uh, visual aids here. Nice. Cool. Cool. The so the bullseye is a sport accuracy event. Um, sport accuracy is th- well through us developing this event. I've learned a lot about what sport accuracy is and where it comes from. Um, it's do share. Well, okay. So sport accuracy came from. Back when there was only accuracy, which is where you jump a big parachute, you had to tough it, and uh, and you had to kind of land in the very, very center of this big, squishy tuffet. And then people started jumping smaller parachutes. And J-Mo, uh, Jay Maletsky from Factory Team and Flight One was telling me about this, and he was sharing that <clears throat> through people jumping these smaller canopies, it became a lot harder to obviously land on such a small spot. Uh, so they kind of developed this thing called sport accuracy where it's the first place that you land. So your first point of contact with the ground, but it's meant where you're moving forward. You're not just coming straight down and landing on this first point of, of contact. You actually have some speed because you're jumping a, you know, a smaller parachute, which 
nowadays we say smaller parachutes and we think sub 100 but back when sport accuracy came about smaller was anything smaller than 200 square feet was considered a small parachute so it it it's it's pretty neat that like it came about from they didn't want people to to just um try and fly these small fast parachutes and sink it in because small parachutes don't do that very well you can't really sink in a 150 or 170 and and smash yourself on the ground and be okay that's not the point of flying a 150 or 170 you're gonna have some forward speed so they developed this thing called sport accuracy where you can come in and you can do this almost like this surf thing along the ground with your 150 170 one whatever size it is uh and it's your first point of contact and then the idea is that you pop up and you stop right there you're not swooping and touching and then carrying on by you almost come in ahead of your target you pop up and you stop right on the target still. So that was the initial ideas behind it, is that that's how they were going to do it. And now, you know, it's fair for anybody to try it however they want, but the safest way to do sport accuracy is that, where you come in ahead of your target, you almost you almost slow yourself at the very last moment, and your first point of contact should be right about where you stop, right on the target. With this, uh, and with, with all sport accuracy, but including this event... There is a first point of contact is your score, but yes. must stop within the the circle. The circle and the yeah. circle is a fifteen meter diameter. Correct. So seven and a half meter radius. Correct. Uh, yes. Uh, is that right? Yeah. yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, yeah kind of. <laughs> yeah. I actually uh, at the beginning of June, the first weekend of June, I did a show me your registration for the bullseye event. I will do free coaching all weekend. Cool. So awesome. Saturday it was all free coaching for sport accuracy uh, for that for the event. Um, talking about rules, ways to approach it, ways yeah. to deal with it. Nice. Sunday morning dry because you know you're not going to get practice runs in a comp. Sunday morning, first thing we did a two round meet. Um, you know the, the hardest part of competition is the pressure, right? Yeah. So I'm like, first of all, we're going to make this a two round meet to make it real, guys. Yeah. Number one, it's going to be real, but number two, it ain't real if there ain't some. Thing up, so mm-hmm. I actually threw a prize up. I actually, ah, cool. I threw a uh, Optima two audible altimeter. I'm like, yo, nice. here's a audible altimeter. Goes to the winner. Game on. Let's yeah. go. Uh-huh. So give them something to compete for. Yeah. So they have to stop first point of contact, but can also uh, but also stop within that circle. Within the circle, and I, I feel like I think the the radius is 15 meters. The diameter is 30 meters. So we need to talk about that because reading the rules, Uh I'm positive. Now I'm not, I could be wrong, but I'm positive because I read the rules to run a a mini mock meet. Yeah. Says 15 meter diameter, but the scoring system indicates 15 meter radius. Okay. (laughs) So I think there's some conflicts on the website. Okay. Okay. Because I pulled this straight off. I'll have to check this out. I'm sorry if there is. No, don't worry. Tomorrow morning, you and I have a meeting. I said we're going to sit down and go over any of the logistics that DZ needs to know. Mm -hmm. I've already scouted out a a spot that I'm going to suggest you guys use. Perfect. Um, I will tell you right now, openly and honestly, I used this spot already in the mock meet to test it and to make sure it's good. And I'm yep. giving my gr- boys and girls home field advantage. Get hang right on. Fucking practice. That's the point. You, dude, if you're going to enter the PD bullseye, bullseye event, go to the drop zone. There's people in town right now came in days early to practice here because it's here. Is that right? Yeah, dude. It's nah, fucking it's cool. dope, dude. So That's thank, what I wanted. Thank you for bringing jumpers here. And then when you go to the finals in the land, go days, weeks early. And fucking practice. Get the home field advantage. That's it. Get used to the sight picture. Get used to the environment, the the spots, the plane. Get used to everything so you understand. Because we're competing for a pretty big prize. 
man. TJ, oh, do you want to tell people what it is? No, nah, dude. Uh-huh. I've, I've said it once. You you take the thunder, bro. Man, it's like a full sponsorship for a skydiver with less than 500 jumps. It's freaking, it's incredible. Top prize into land. Dude, I've been with PD for a long time, and it is really hard to get this level of sponsorship you guys are offering. There are a lot of longtime sponsored athletes who will not get as good of a deal as you guys are giving out for as, this event. As some sub five hundred jumper is getting. Yeah. And that's the that's the beauty of it, man. Is that just sick. like it's such a in skydiving you always think like only the top people can get this. Only the only the, the manufacturers only care about you know the organizers, the the world record holders, the top level teams. But in reality, no, the, 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 the bulk of skydiving, the family of skydiving is the younger jumpers. Mm-hmm. It's the people that show up to the drop zone and are trying to learn things and try things out and test the ground. And uh, like those are the people that, that you, we want to connect with. And so this competition is just such an awesome way to do that. Dude, I love it. So, A, it would be the first jumper with less than 500 jumps to be ever sponsored by PD, if I remember right. Mm-hmm. It is a free main, $500 off a reserve. And all that cool swag you see us wear, like that super dope, nice, white, crisp PD jersey some of us wear with pride. Yeah. Because we're sponsored and got blessed to develop a relationship. I don't even have one of those jerseys. You don't have one? No, huh? I'm I'm an employee. No shot. (laughs) Uh, Have you seen my new, uh, I sent you a picture of my new VSC jersey. Yeah. Remember I loved your colors? Yeah, yeah. So uh I got one the same colors as you. Oh, yeah. Inside my collar, it has a heart that says boner on it. (laughs) (laughs) So you live in my collar. The shirt I wore today, Nick, has boner inside. So I'm always necking with you? Oh, for sure, bro. (laughs) For sure, man. Dude, it's... People would fight. People actually every day fight to get this level of sponsorship from you guys. Yeah, we're we're putting... um, We draw a little circle, and we put sponsored athletes in there, and we say, all right, fight to the death. Dude, Go. <laughs> it, it, dude, and it, you give us swords and maces. Yeah, uh-huh. I like the katana myself. <laughs> that, hey, that's a pretty good one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was dumb. That was, thank you. Oh, good work, good work. Um, the One of my favorite parts, though, is in the advertising for it, you guys are very clear. We're not giving you the sponsorship once. We're giving you the opportunity to continue earning it. They Like, PD yeah. seems, from everything I've say, seen and read, it's like, yeah, you guys can get the sponsorship once, but we hope you continue to earn keeping it. We, we want you to continue on. The point of any sponsored athlete is a relationship. So we're not just giving somebody a, we're not just giving somebody, you know, all this stuff. We're, we're trying to build a relationship with somebody that hopefully is passionate about skydiving, passionate about the industry, passionate about the community and wants to move forward um, in whatever regard they choose to do that. But hopefully they want to, you know, continue to, to really be a, a leading part of the sport. And you can do that at under 500 jumps. And that's, that's the cool thing. It's, it doesn't take a lot of jumps to, to be a role model. And if you guys and gals don't think that you're good enough to enter this event, I'm going to tell you right now, I firmly believe if you can score both rounds, you have a good chance at top three. Yeah. If you score both rounds, because consistency is what wins meets. For sure. Yeah. Scoring both rounds. So if you can get accuracy within a reasonable distance, 15 meters is what we're now thinking. By yes. the way, I have a girl who's been training for seven and a half meter radius. Perfect. The entire it's good time. for her. And I she, hope she was. Dude, she is consistently scoring on that. Awesome. Dude. See, uh, that's, what, that's uh, what we want to hear. 
she did some coaching with me one day. Like, I want to hire you for canopy coaching. I like, cool. We don't work. I'm like, oh, my actress is not very good. So I want to start working on actress. I'm like, cool. You know, a good way to work on actually what? Hey, there's this event coming up. I heard about it. I thought I'd enter it. Why not enter it? Why not? And when I said, why not? She says, fuck it. I'm going to enter it. Like, <laughs> you're going to enter it? Yeah. It's like, well, how hard are you going to try? What are you going to do? Well, I don't know. Well, we had maybe a two minute conversation. And after two minutes, fuck it. I'm winning. I'm winning all of it. Nice. Not Houston. I'm winning the whole thing. And she's been training like she means it, bro. Cool. You will. Lori's a wonderful young lady. Um, she really means it. And guys and gals, if you're out there and you meet Lori Pataloco, uh, you will have fun competing with her. She is a great time. She is a very respectful competitor. And uh, she will compete with you. She nice. She's pushing out there. CD, we have a couple legit competitors coming out of the sub-500 class here. So, Just because you guys are talking about accuracy, I am showing yes! the video of you... Uh, <laughs> Landed on the giant chair in the ah uh, yeah the that's from there. two years ago is it two years ago the one from last year I don't know what about the one about him landing in the water <clears throat> hey what are you talking about <laughs> the one that was on the cover, <laughs> cover of parachutes did that make the cover of parachutes <laughs> where I missed the boat land in the water no, is that what you're talking about no 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 the one you crash in the surf ah uh, yeah yeah <laughs> no okay so the video that I was on I don't know if that's on are you on Facebook yeah I'm, I'm stalking you on Facebook right mm. now it's from earlier this year. What, but it, it's where I land in the in the sleigh. I think is what it is. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, for the Christmas demo. Uh, that looks like it might be it. And pop up. Sweet. And there right is. in the sleigh. There you go. Yeah. Ho ho ho. Beautiful. You make a cute little elf. Thank you. Thank you. So this PDF. We won't talk about the jump before that. <laughs> so I, I am curious about the bullseye event. <laughs> yes. If it's weathered out. If it's bad winds, bad weather, yeah. whatever, at an event, for example, this weekend at Houston. Right, if we can't finish. So we have two rounds that we need to get through. What happens if we can't? Uh, we'll figure it out at the time. I mean, we don't exactly, we we haven't exactly planned it, but I know that talk has been had about uh, replacing it, like doing it again, running it later, something like that, which would be tough because <clears throat> I won't be here. And I'm. Sad. San Marcos the next weekend? Hey, you know, anything can happen. Just say. Yeah. Um, that, that totally could be feasible. So San Marcos, uh, they got the boogie. We'd have to talk to the drop zone to make sure that we can I know do somebody hop there. and pops. I know somebody there. But <laughs> So the point is, though, that like we will figure something out for sure. Cool. Um, and we will keep people updated. Stay tuned to the PD Facebook page. That's where all the info is going to be posted as well as on the website. Um, under the bullseye page. So if for some reason, right, that's always the fear is if the weather craps out and we can't do these events, uh, we're not just going to say like, oh, sorry, all the Texas people, see you later. We'll, we'll figure out something because what we haven't mentioned yet is the top three at each location uh, get invited to Skydive Deland for the championships, which is in December. December 8th and 9th, <clears throat> if I remember right. Yes. Yeah, that that weekend, whatever that weekend is right there. Um, so whoever the top three is at each event, they're invited out there. The first place person uh, earns a uh, stipend towards their travel. So they get some money to help them come out there. First place person from here would from get From each event gets, gets money towards travel. Top three are invited. First place pretty much gets their trip paid for. But it's a set amount. But it's... Yeah, it's just, it is it's a pretty big incentive to get first place if you can do it. 
Man, you guys are fucking putting it out there, man. <laughs> I man, guys and gals, like even if you don't think you can win, enter because you're gonna learn tons. Might as well enter. The experience is gonna be super fun. Yep. And man, you might just get lucky. Yeah. I mean, be sick, dude. Worst case scenario, top three take home some prizes to the gift gear store, right? Yeah, for sure. Everybody that enters, uh, they get a T-shirt. I got boxes of those at the DZ. I know you've been getting a lot of stuff at the drop zone for me. I think like six or seven packages for you. I got another one being delivered tomorrow. Uh, So I appreciate it. Thanks you, thank you, uh, Spaceland, for being my post office, dude. No problem. (laughs) Even for your Amazon packages, apparently. Yeah. Uh, Like the office now knows that I'm Bose delivery system because Rad keeping the office are giving it to me to store somewhere else. And it got down to like, uh, yeah, apparently he's also getting Amazon now is what they said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had a couple of things ordered. A spine protector for speed flying. Yep. I saw you post about that recently. You asked about one. I did. I did. I was curious because uh, I thought, you know, I'd thought about it for a long time to have a spine protector. So what is it? It's essentially, it's a, it's, um, sort of shoulder straps and it's uh, a piece of like, it's a mix. It's a, Pieces of foam, uh, Kevlar, padding, uh, like rubber almost that go down your spine. That and then it's got a waist belt to hold it close to you. And it essentially, if it takes an impact, it's supposed to, it is supposed to disperse the impact throughout uh, a larger area and over a slower amount of time. So it's designed to land on your back, not land vertically. <clears throat> yeah. So my thoughts to it. Um, this is speed flying, everybody, just in case you weren't paying attention. This is where you run down a, a mountain with a parachute over your head. It, you start to fly. Um, it's like a paraglider, but much smaller. So you're, you're hugging the terrain, and you're flying a lot faster. So my thoughts to having a spine protector are if I crash, like, mid-flight, I don't know how much it'll really help. I mean, maybe a little, but that's not my, like... I'm not placing my life in the hands of that spine protector. If you crash mid-flight, there's a good chance you're going to be very, very messed up. But if I trip on takeoff or if I go for a landing and I can't run out my landing, um, then, you know, if I trip or something like that, there's a chance that what if there's a random rock right where you trip and roll? The spine protector is going to help you in that in that instinct. So why not have it? It's like a helmet, like you said, man. It's not really going to protect me from fatal injury, but if I hit my head on the door. Yeah. If I trip on landing and hit my head on Like the you ground, roll on landing or something. I get kicked on my head in free fall. Totally. It's not made to save my life. It's made to protect me from injury. Yeah, for sure. I was having a, you know, it's super applicable to me right now because just a couple of days ago I was out in Colorado and I was flying at Loveland, uh, which is, excuse me, Loveland passes. Uh, it's up in Summit County. It's like right near A Basin, Breckenridge, Keystone, Loveland, the ski resort. And it's a it's a pretty big flight. But I wasn't as we were driving up. You drive up to the top of it, and then we had to hike about an hour from there. Uh, as we were driving up, I was like, you know, it's not the flight I'm ever worried about. It's the it's the landing. It's like the last part of it where you're just gonna make some stupid, silly mistake, and you're gonna like not have a fatal injury, hopefully, but you're gonna. I don't know, twist an ankle or break a collarbone or do something that just puts you out of it to where you can't, you, you're, you're injured for the next couple months. I was like, that always sucks. I hate dealing with that. So then <laughs> go and do the flight. The takeoff is fine. The flight is perfect. It's awesome. It's super, super fun. It's like 
2500 vertical over Loveland ski area. You get a flight on this whole ridge, cross over the road, drop into the ski area. You're flying under the trees where people make these turns on the snow and you can see their ski tracks going down. It's like, this is so sick. And then for landing, it's a little bit shallow getting in the landing area. Didn't have a ton of power left in my shallow in my meaning flare. Like flat. It was a little bit flat. Okay. Yeah, to get to the to where I was trying to make it, so okay. I didn't have a ton of flare left. So I I was able to like I started running and I took like four steps and just did one of those, you know, where you're running too fast and your your legs can't keep up for your body and mm-hmm. you kind of go forward and like roll, and I I was perfectly fine. But then I just thought to myself like, what if there had been a random rock that I had rolled onto, and then it you know, messes you up, then that's not worth it. <laughs> Why not have the extra protection? Why not have the spine protector? Especially, like, so for a lot of us who work in the sport, this is our livelihood, this is our job, and we need to be physically capable of doing whatever we need to do. Mm-hmm. And for those of us who are only fun jumping and making this a hobby, we want to be able to jump as much as we can and have as much fun as we can do. So what's that hurt to have that extra ounce of protection? Exactly. To be able to do what you either need to do for love of work or for love of play. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. So 2,500 foot the drop, you said, at this spot. How long yes. does it take to fly that? <sighs> it was... a about a, under two minutes. Uh, so similar descent rates to canopies. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. It, to small canopies, yeah. Is like, what, 135-ish? Uh, so I fly a nine meter, or nine and a half meter. It's similar to like in mid-80s, I believe. Okay. 80-some square foot canopy. Um, but in the speed flying, in speed flying wings, as well as paragliding wings, it's measured in meters, square meters. Mm-hmm. So... We could do the math, but it, it it's similar to like an 80 to 90 square foot uh, canopy. And have you been into paragliding beforehand or did you go straight to speed flying? <clears throat> I, so my personal route was straight to speed flying. Um, I learned out in California uh, Saboba. where Saboba is right nearby. I was working at Skydive Paris at the time. And yeah, Saboba is like right near there. So we would go over there all the time. Uh, but at that time I was already doing, was already flying a... a I think a velocity 90, I think. So, but either way, I was like, I was doing high performance turns. I'd, I'd really worked on my canopy piloting game and skydiving. And then ca- transferring over to speed flying wasn't that crazy. Um, they they don't recommend that for everybody. Like if you're flying a, a larger parachute or if you're more in of a, like an intermediate style skydiver canopy pilot, mm-hmm. then they probably recommend you start on something bigger. But so I started on a 13-meter speed wing and went down to 11-meter, flew that for a long time, went down to a 9.5-meter, and then that's what I have currently. So you would you uh, even say most people recommend paragliding before speed flying for your <clears throat> average person? For your average, yeah. yes, I know that's the correct answer to say, but I... I don't know. I think Everybody's a lot of skydivers. Yeah. Well, that's why I say average person. I didn't say skydiver. Oh yeah, average person. Absolutely, yeah. for sure. Average person because if you've never hung under a wing, if you've never hung under lines and nylon and sat in a seat, it's going to feel super foreign. So the slower it goes, the better it is. That's why we start people on two forties and two sixties because they're going to make the wrong decision, and you need something that allows you to, or that is forgiving of those wrong decisions. Time to to respond, but also time to learn. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's one thing people don't think about with wing loading is it's not just about response time, but it's sky time. 
Yes. You know, a 0.8 wing loading versus a 1.1 is double the descent rate approximately. Yeah. And that's half the learning time. Totally. The more time you spend in the air. Like, it's so often, it's it's not about um, this. Well, yes, it's about the skills that you have under a canopy. <laughs> sure it is. But it's about the experiences that you have under it, too, because it's the decision making. So much of people getting hurt, it's just they make the wrong decision. Unfortunately, they make a poor decision. And they can't handle how fast things are going on. And then next thing you know, there's an injury. So the more time that you spend in a situation where you're analyzing every single moment that comes through your mind and responding to it, which is often how people feel under parachute, they're constantly analyzing what's going on, the more you're going to learn from it. So if you have four minutes of under canopy, if you have four minutes to constantly be in that moment where you're 100% in tune with what's going on right then you're looking at everything you're feeling the winds you're judging this you're judging that then you're gonna have double the, the learning time as if you were only flying in there for two minutes and that's where your foundation comes from you traveling it makes a lot of sense traveling okay, okay. <laughs> no no you're driving no, I'm, sometimes i ramble and i'm like shit did that make any sense <laughs> no freaking brilliant no i it's it you i love what you just said um a lot you travel a lot with PD. You you give a lot of canopy advice, and I'm sure one of the things that you see regularly, I see it regularly, is people who downsize too rapidly. What advice would you give a jumper about downsizing? When are we ready to downsize? What should I be thinking about? What what's my thought processes on wing loadings? Hmm. Uh, That's a two hour show by itself. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, there's so many so many smarter people than me that have addressed downsizing uh it's 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 always <laughs> people people want to downsize for many different reasons um oftentimes people choose to downsize because they they don't know how to get everything out of their canopy and going down in a size is a quick way to get um, more speed more response uh, more power from the wing. You know, if you go down to a smaller wing, you're going to have more power from the wing. But that doesn't mean that the person's ready to use that. You know, it's like kind of cliche to say, but with more power, you have to know how to use the power of, from the wing. You have to know how to use that energy. Um, so personally, uh, uh, there's there's lots of different thoughts about it. They all kind of come back to the same thing that don't downsize too fast, don't downsize too fast, don't downsize too fast. The way that I see it is that it's all it's it's pretty easy to downsize when things go right. You know, when everything's going right, I could take somebody with probably 50 jumps and give them like a 100 square foot canopy and they'd probably be okay, right? You pull down mm-hmm. on the stoppy strings before you hit the ground. You're probably going to be mostly okay. But it's when things go wrong. That's when that's when injuries happen, that's when shit happens. Is when th- things go wrong, meaning somebody cuts you off in the pattern. You're making it back from a long spot and you don't have time to do a pattern. Uh you're low, you the, the winds have shifted. Like there's any any number of things that can happen that then you are instead of just doing your routine, you're making decisions. You're having to constantly make these decisions and it's when the parachute is fast flies faster than you can make decisions that things go wrong. Yes? No, yes. Does that make sense? No, yes. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That's my thoughts to it. So how do you how do you fix that? You you out 
decide, <laughs> does that make sense? You out decide your parachute. Your decision making process is always ahead of where your canopy is going. When when you are constantly anticipating, when you always know what's happening next, what's going on next, when you have that full autonomous sense, mm-hmm. then chances are you might be ready to downsize. Yes, for sure. Um, and there's lots of different ways to say that, right? Like you yeah. can say you should always know what your parachute's doing. You should always be able to feel your parachute. There's There's a thousand ways that you can try to put that into words. And the way that I find that makes the most sense to me is just like kind of what you said. If you are if you are constantly um, anticipating. anticipating what is going to happen, always, no matter what is happening, then moving to the next size down is appropriate. I, I really earnestly feel with the three of us sitting in the room that almost all three of us can see in the next 500 to 1,000 feet when we're going to be there, how we got there, and what happened. Yeah. And in that route, the options we have on the way there. It's not just that I can see how I'm where, how and where I'm going to get to where I'm going to get, but I see the three or four options the entire way there that I need to see. For sure. Yeah. When you can see that big picture, it's probably a good sign. And I want to address something you said at the beginning. A lot smarter people have said things about downsizing already than me. Those people started the same place you did, brother. One of the hashtags I gave this show is hashtag legend in the making. And the last thing I need to do is blow your ego up. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but, dude, for sure. No, no, go ahead. Go, go ahead. ahead. I love dude, you. Let me stroke your goat. Come over here. Let me give you a little handy. No, dude. I really believe it, dude. You're a legend in the making. And, and look at these legends that we've known in the sport. J-Mo didn't start this way. Shannon Pilcher didn't start this way. Uh, Justin Price didn't start this way. Right? Yeah. Those guys, once upon a time, said something in a place – and less of a place than you just said it. They were less of a knowledgeable person and less of an experienced person than you currently are right now. I was too. Uh, do we all were? Yeah, for sure. So please be careful with what I just said. If you're out there listening to this on your phone, driving in your car to work or whatever, that doesn't mean as a noob you should be giving everybody advice. But it is meant for people out there who have a good level of experience and realize that you are capable of giving good advice, that you are capable of sharing a lot of great knowledge. But I like how you do context that there's a lot of other people listen and explore those, that, that information. But please, Bo, don't discredit yourself. I won't say anything nice about you again. Mm-hmm. Please don't mm-hmm. discredit yourself, brother. You have way more to share than I think you ever give yourself credit for. Thank so. you, darling. You're oh, so sweet. It's the dimples, brother. <laughs> it's the dimples and the cuddle puddle we got going later on. Yeah, it's the Fly With Pride shirt. Dude, it you all makes sense. We come full, full circle. God, I'm so excited to watch you two kiss each other. <laughs> Nick is uh, actually watching a video by a... Uh, uh, you did an interview with Catherine Bernier. Scott yeah. Vibes. Yeah. yeah uh-huh. um, I've, I've done a little projects with her. So when I saw you pull up that video, I'm like, oh, I know who that is. That's Catherine. Yeah, I yeah. posted in the uh, in the comments. Uh, and that was choosing the right canopy. How to choose the right oh, canopy. Oh, this one was uh, master your canopy before downsizing. That yeah. was right. Okay. I think that was similar to what we were just talking about. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, you, that's why I posted it. That, didn't you do <laughs> one about choosing the right canopy with her as well? Or was that somebody else? Albert. Albert did that. Albert did that one. Yes. Man, how do I pick the right canopy for me? <clears throat> And mm. that, now let's before we go too far, we're going to the PD demo tour. Now we're talking about this is how I I'm going to show up this weekend and I'm going to see cool. dimples on the drop zone. Zach Morris, Saved by the Bell, is on my drop zone. Hey, if Kelly Kapowski's out there, come on by. I'll be waiting. <laughs> I thought you were going to say Kelly Farrington. 
No. <laughs> Zach Morris, Kelly Kapowski. God, no, you better get you, the dude. reference. No, I'm totally kidding. Um, <laughs> Biggest crush on her when I was younger. Dude, still do, bro. <laughs> Absolutely. Dude, she was good looking and saved by the bell, but in 90210, oh my Have God. Have you seen Suits? Uh, no, 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 not Suits. Uh, white Collar? No. White Collar? Is she's in White Collar. Oh, well, yeah, she's she's a beautiful woman. Dude, she is drop dead. She carries herself well. Yeah, yeah, and if you know me, I'm into very uh, athletic built, very skinny women. I'm not the curvy <clears throat> kind of girl, dude. She crushes it, dude. She does. Oh my! I was just gonna say, yeah, she's God. got some curves to her, but 100 percent in. She's beautiful. She's gorgeous. <laughs> um, so I, I, I'm I'm gonna come in this weekend. I'm gonna demo a a storm. I'm gonna demo a, a stiletto. How do I know if I like the canopy? How do I know if it's for me? Hmm. Man, that's a tough question. Uh well, I think that based off of my experiences with people in the past. People tend to like a canopy if they feel, um, one, like, you know, everybody wants something different from a canopy. So if, one, they they want it to be sporty, if they want to feel like it's responsive, then then they come down and they feel like they've got to fly where they wanted to fly and they, they enjoyed their time in the sky and they still had a nice landing, then that, that that's good. I think I think the real question is, what do you want from a parachute, actually? You know, I'm sitting here trying to think about an answer, no, yeah, and I'm coming don't. up with more questions. <laughs> but yeah, it, it all depends on what the person wants from a canopy. Um, some people like slower, uh, more gradual controls. Some people like more immediate responses. Some people like slower openings. Some people like longer openings. Some people like uh, canopies that uh, have a little bit more dynamic of a landing, meaning a little bit more kind of... Uh, power in the toggles you're you're constantly managing that power through the entire landing yeah and some people want it to be a little bit more simple a little bit more just like off uh, you know like a switch off and on static yeah um so so how do you figure out which type of person you are Uh, you just i suppose you have to jump you have to try different things and see i like this i didn't like that and that's why we do the demo tour I love your answer because it's uh, in canopy coaching, particularly in canopy courses, I deal with a lot of new jumpers. And in canopy courses, they constantly ask me, what canopy should I buy? And gear sales guys typically do a really good job with giving you direction for canopy, but they don't always know how you fly. Yeah. And the thing I always ask the jumpers is like, what do you like about opening? Yeah. Um, what do you like about landing? And, and of course, a lot of the new jumpers don't know what they like. Sure. So I'll mm-hmm. observe their landings. And it, it was weird because recently, I say weird to you and I, it makes sense. Recently, I told one jumper, this is a horrible choice canopy for you. These are the reasons why. And I told another jumper in the same class, this is the perfect canopy for you. And for a moment, they were both confused. How come it's – wait wait a minute, wait a minute. You're saying it's yeah. good, you're saying it's bad. I'm like, no, 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 I'm saying for you. Listen to what I'm saying. This is the way you flare. And one jumper was flaring in a very static seven-cell style flare. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, the way you flare, you need, you need static. You need boom, boom. You need it to be simple the same way every time, yep. never changing. You want the most straightforward flare possible. You right. need a seven-cell. And his power was a little bit higher in the stroke, so I was going more Spectre than Storm. Mm -hmm. The other guy, very dynamic. He could fly through everything. It didn't matter what was going on. He was flying by the seat of his pants is a word that I hate it because in in traditional thought processes, you're a cowboy. He flies by the seat of his pants. (laughs) 
But I try to teach canopy pilots, you fly by the seat of your pants. You should be feeling what's going on in the seat of your pants. Sure. You yeah. should feel that input, that response to harness. And this dude, dude, he got it. I call it active flying. Uh, yeah, active flying. And this guy was very active. So you you got to ask yourself, what do you want? And and as a new jumper, I don't think you always know that. So find a good canopy coach. It's uh, <laughs> <laughs> I can see what next. Yes, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'll, uh, I'll put it up on the screen. I'll leave it be. Uh, but <laughs> I'm sure you're familiar with the uh, the contents of the PD blooper video. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so it, it's so easy for me to see what Nick has seen, and right now this is the blooper reel from the. Uh, uh, I had short hair. What what, what uh, for the bullseye ad wasn't it? No, this was the demo tour last year. Okay, before we went on a demo tour, this is our like PD demo tour 2018. It's starting, and this is <laughs> this was just our cut roll. And this was actually your first year on the demo tour. No, no, no. This is my second year. Going in, yeah, this one was filmed for my second year. This is my third year now. Man, time flies, bro. I know, it's crazy. It's time insane. Um, it's awesome. So if you don't know what you think and what you like, number one, talk to people and ask them what, are, what kind of openings exist. Yes. Don't ask people what they like and they don't like. Say, hey, what kind of openings exist? So you can start identifying what we're talking about. And if they about. say good ones and bad ones, that's, <laughs> that's, a, that's a subjective. Look for objective Right. Yes. We try and if so, <clears throat> what I want to add on to this is that we do a compare four. Yeah. It's like our new. Well, I don't know if it's new. It's been around for about a year now, um, but it's called Compare Four, and it's where you can go to our website and you can look at our f- uh, four of our kind of mainstream intermediate style parachutes. They can obviously be used for many other purposes, but we're listing these four to compare, and it. It compares them in an objective manner where you get to say, all right, I like longer openings. I like shorter openings. But none of these these things are ever good or bad. And shorter openings does not mean a bad opening. It just means it opens quicker. It's a little bit more positive. Let me tell you, the the openings that everybody rants and raves about, rants and raves about on the Valkyries, those are quite a short opening. Mm -hmm. So if you're like, ugh. Everybody likes long openings, but I feel like I kind of like shorter ones. That's not a bad thing. <laughs> shorter openings are okay. It means that the open the canopy is open, it's flying, it's ready to go. Longer openings mean it takes a little bit longer. Is it a little bit more of a snivel, a slower inflation process to it? So look at all these things. Try and learn what the objective uh, characteristics are of each of these canopies. And then you can hopefully decide what you personally like. I think you more than anything hit the nail on the head. Try it yourself. Um, My wife, Valerie, she has done some, she does canopy coaching at a very minor level, but enough that she has a good fundamental understanding of canopies. Mm -hmm. And she had flown stilettos for years and she loves stilettos, but she's done with them. She's like, you know, this is no longer the wing for me. There's various reasons. There's nothing wrong with them. And it's just, you know, I fell out of that's my flavor and that's my taste. Mm -hmm. And I'm looking for a different wing, honey. And, and I don't know what I want. But And she gave me some of her objective-based ideas. I'm looking for this, this, and this. And one of them is she wanted a longer opening. Yeah. Um, there were a couple other things that she wanted. And she said, one thing I do know is I don't want a specter. And I said, why did you say that? Because with everything I just described, you're going to tell me I want a specter. 
and you know one of my wings is a specter dude yeah yeah you love him dude it, uh, i don't know if you've ever seen any of my hashtags hashtag specter thug life specter mafia those are things i put all the time Ooh, yeah i've been uh working on my 90 degree blind mans on my specter which oh, nice, uh, nice. I'm, I'm not bad at at this point I've, I've had a couple where i'm like that was sloppy but i've had a few really crisp 90 degree turn Blind With a blind man. What size? 120. Spectrum? Attaboy. Oh, dude, you know, I, I love doing it partially because it's fun. Yeah. And partially because it's like, it's the pilot, not the wing boys. Totally. We got a dude out there at Spaceland right now, uh, young man JD, who is flying a, a bit smaller wing. It's a 109 or something like that. Um, but at his size, it's not super tiny. A lot of his friends are pushing a little bit harder, a little bit faster. But JD's doing shit with that wing that people are like, it's like he's doing more with bigger yeah. Like, guys, That's cool, it's the man. pilot guys. It's cool. So, but Somebody described it to me in a way, and I, I've got to say it more so I can actually come up with a quote and how it was better. But it was like, in reference to dirt bikes or motorbikes of some sort, and he said, I'd always rather be out driving a smaller engine than not pushing a bigger engine. Does that make sense in like a dirt bike world or maybe it, no, a no, no. It car to- world? It totally makes sense to what you're saying. Um, I understand why you say you you want to find a way to say it elegantly. I think yeah. is what you're looking for. Yeah, yeah. And it, it just has to do with like I'd rather be pushing this, the larger wing. Yeah. I'd rather be pushing the smaller engine than, than sort of yeah. kind of not really flying very well the, the, the smaller wing. I'd rather be maximizing the smaller engine than not doing anything with this big one, dude. Yeah. Huh? And... So Valerie just she didn't want a Spectre, but the one thing she did believe in is I'm going to demo canopies. So cool. she hit up performancedesigns.com, clicked on the demo, requested demo, went through the whole stupid request list. I say stupid; it's a good list, <laughs> but the request list. Uh, for once in my life, I didn't get a phone call about hey DJ, there's somebody at your drops I want to demo a canopy. I, I think maybe mainly it was she requested something very reasonable, uh, um, and she tried a couple canopies. She tried a few canopies, and she ended up with a Spectre. She did? Yeah, she's Spectre, Spectre Thug Life, brother. And she likes it? And she loves her Spectre, dude. No Absolutely way. loves her Spectre. Huh. But she did not want one. It was not her canopy of choice. Oh, yeah. But she tried it anyways. And that's yep. the thing you're telling people. Don't listen to the subjective versions. Go out and try it yourself. Yeah, totally. So back to that's the cool. demo tour. So now, first of all, if I go to PD's website, it's click on the link, submit all my information. You're going to pay... 50 bucks only 50 dollars to get it sent to you for two weekends including shipping back yes both directions you get a box with a canopy and a shipping label inside of it yeah so you hook up the canopy that's already on risers yeah you put it back in the box and you take that new label and you put it on and you ship it back it's freaking sick dude yeah how easy is it's so easy dude one of one of our boys here jackson i mentioned this little uh, tb earlier top bloke yeah jackson was demoing canopies i'm like bro and he was trying to figure out how to do it and i'm like dude and he'd been doing it through different versions ways dealers i'm like bro go to the website click here and he came to me next day dude that was too easy yeah how good is the website he loves to say how good (laughs) is how good is the website how good is the demo system (laughs) but it gets one step better dude that's what val did it gets one. Actually, she didn't just do that. She actually hooked up with maybe it was Maddie. Um, I always like to call him Maddie Cincinnati. I don't know why. Maddie maybe, Snacks. Uh, uh, Matt. Matt Sigmund. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, but maybe it was him at the time. Maybe I don't think it was you yet. And she also demoed stuff on the road. Yeah. So this weekend, if I come hit you up, what's the process to demo a canopy? It's super easy. 
Uh, if you're ever somewhere that the PD Demo Tour is at, you just come right up. You We chat a little bit about which canopy you're trying or which canopy you want to try, which canopy you're flying, your experience level, your skill level, uh, and then we will take your rig. We're going to hook that canopy up. It's already on risers. It has a deployment bag. It has a pilot chute. Uh, we throw it on your rig. You take it out for normally three jumps or so. Um, you are going to do each pack job or pay for a pack or however you choose, whatever you want. And then afterward, you bring it back to us. Uh, you bring it back to us unpacked. We do that very last pack job. And there you go. That's it. What's Pretty the charge? Easy. So this year we're doing something kind of cool with it, actually. Uh, we It's normally five bucks. Uh, and it, it is still $5 for that very last pack job. Uh, but this year, I'm, at the end of the year, I'm going to take all that money uh, that is earned from the demos, and I'm going to donate it to a foundation that plants trees to help with a carbon offset. Nice. So it's going to be, yeah, an environmental thing. You know, I'm, I personally, like this is kind of a personal thing, I just really I care a lot about uh, trying to have less of an impact on the world. And in skydiving, obviously, we jump out of planes every day. We're burning fuel. But we're not going to stop skydiving, and I don't want anybody to stop skydiving. But I think that where there's room for improvement in other aspects of our life, always. There's always other things that we can do to compensate or, or you know, do a little bit better here, a little bit better there. So I figured I don't. that money normally goes to buying beer for the drop zone or buying Gatorades for people at the drop zone or waters, which is still important. But I would rather take that money and donate it to the company, um, a foundation that plants trees to just help. Is there any particular foundation you're... The one that I've looked up and paid a bit of attention to is called One Tree Planted. Um, I'm going to do a bit more research before I actually finally donate it. Mm-hmm. But I'm pretty sure that in my just kind of like initial research, that was that was a pretty nice foundation. For every dollar donated, they plant a tree. Um, so hopefully at the end of the summer we can that's a lot of trees bro yeah well that's the goal man do what we can save this planet it's a beautiful earth and it's sad but humans are not very nice to it dude uh you and i I think have a very similar love and a very similar passion i think if you and i could live in any given place we'd probably both be in oregon right now (laughs) or somewhere in that region yeah absolutely pacific northwest it's so alive the rain makes everything grow such a gorgeous planet up there dude it is Yes. It's a it's a gorgeous planet everywhere. And it really is like driving around this country. I I've spent a lot I've lived in a lot of places all over the country. Skydiving has been cool to me in that regard. Um and everywhere has something to offer. You know, whatever even if it's not as beautiful as uh, it's not rainforests and volcanoes and mountains and you know rocky bluffs and crags. It's uh, everywhere has something beautiful to offer and I I think that a lot of times people just don't exactly appreciate the the world because maybe they just don't get experience enough of the, the natural beauty of it. Mm-hmm. So I hope that people can, even if you're just jumping out of planes and looking down on it, appreciate the fact that it's a gorgeous planet and we need to try and keep it that way. Dude, I love the fact that you're taking this money, you're throwing it into a really <laughs> great cause, into a really great place. Um, it's, we really do need to give back to this planet because it really gives us a great opportunity. And I mean, it's just such a gorgeous place to be. Yeah, for sure. It is. It's cool. It's, it's super cool. So like, I don't mean to, uh, shout out any specific companies or anything, but I've noticed recently that vigil, 
has, if you get the uh, a new vigil and they send it to you, if you look at the box that it's sent in, the box, mm-hmm. it's really small and it says, um, it has like printed words on it that describe how the box is made with recyclable this, all the foam inside of it is recyclable. It's like super environmental friend, environmentally friendly. And it's, unfortunately, I don't, and like you don't see Vigil posting about it or saying like, hey, look at our cool boxes. But they I actually just happened, did share about it. Did they? Yeah, they put oh. a cool video out about it. Oh, wow. I totally missed it. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I'm a Cypress guy. I'm a Cypress fan. I think yeah. Vigil's a great AD. I ain't got no hate or no, no problems sure. with them. Sure, yeah, in terms of the product, they're yeah, both yeah, yeah. great. Yeah, yeah. Um, but no, when they first changed packaging, they actually put a video out there because people were bitching like, where's my cool metal case? And they're like, here's what we're doing. Yeah. And actually you have a package from Vigil waiting at the DZ. I'm sure you know that. <laughs> I know I do. <laughs> it's cool though. I respect that. I'm glad yeah. that companies are taking a social responsibility to, you know, pay attention to what's going on in the world that mm. like, I, you know, I wish that we could all do it. I wish yeah. it was easier for everybody to do. And it's not, e- it's not an easy thing. It's not it's not simple, but it is. It's it's simple enough that each person can make a conscious effort. You know, don't don't use plastic bags at a grocery store. As of Earth Day this year, I vowed to myself for a whole year to not use a single plastic bag at a grocery store. Bring in the reusable ones. You have, like almost everybody has some sort of reusable bag. Just bring it in. It's it just takes a little bit of mental focus. Dude, there are some really dope bags. I got Val these bags on Amazon. That are fold up to about this big, and I what yeah. a, a couple inches by a couple inches, right? And these bags fold out, and they they can carry solid, no doubt, no joke, a dozen eighteen cans nice. of canned food. Awesome. And a not fill the bag up, and b super sturdy. So they fold yeah. into nothing. And then they expand in this super big bag. They're ripstop nylon, so they look like parachute material to cool. us. So super love them. Uh, absolutely. Even our uh, produce bags, we have reusable produce bags. Yeah, that's they good, sell huh? Everything out there, dude. Yeah, For yeah. sure. And uh, it just takes a little bit of like, you know, conscious effort to make that difference. And it's not it's not that hard, but it definitely can help. And yeah, maybe if you one specific person change your way. It's not going to change the world. But if so many people do it, that that is a difference. That's the difference is that we're a collective of humans and we can change things through a community. Nick Law and I have definitely vowed, uh, not necessarily together, but I think we've agreed together to highly reduce our carbon footprint by not reproducing. That is another <laughs> way you can reduce your carbon footprint. We, we had a girl on, uh, Alex, who uh, she has a company called Sea Sky Surface. Am I saying that in the right order, DJ? Uh, grab that blue bottle right between it's, all the whiskey and read it. it back there. But, so we had a whole show that was dedicated to... Sea uh, Sky Surface, yep. To uh, her organization service. and awareness about recycling, and that was the one thing I tagged on at the very end before anyone could say anything else was, ah, don't reproduce, get a vasectomy, save the world. Yeah. Ah, cool. It's a reusable, like a nice, uh, yeah, yeah. They, yeah those, those bottles bottle. are awesome. Yeah. yeah, they sell straws, uh, reusable straws. They sell reusable shopping bags. Uh, Valerie and I already had some reusable produce bags, but she gave us some more, and straight up, we needed some more, so we used those as well. Nice. Um, it's, awesome. Yeah, it's really cool because her reusable produce bags actually have a tear on them, the weight, so when you take them to the grocery store, it says on the tag how much that bag should be offset by, so they're not charging you for the weight of your bag. Ah, that's cool. So these manufacturers are getting super smart about being that aware, and 
Yeah, I mean, we have a huge carbon footprint of skydivers, not just with the jet fuel and the plane we're flying, but the the products we're jumping, man. All our jumpsuits, all our everything we're jumping is really waste. Yeah, it's and, true. And so by just doing nice and simple things to to enjoy the beauty of the planet, if you don't believe in global warming, if you don't believe when we're destroying the planet, if you don't, I, I'm, I'm not trying to sell that. I actually, although have a big feeling about that myself, do <laughs> believe in the fact that the planet is much more beautiful and go look at Oregon, dude, as such an easy example of where I saw tree mining going on and where you could see land stripped of trees and you can see where they've regrown the trees, but it's not the same as when you're going in this national forest where it's like, yeah, forever this? preserved. Oh my God. Right. Yeah. So, dude, respect that you're bringing that in, man. Hey, well, we can all uh, make a little bit of a difference. We're going to go a little bit over time here, Nick. I know you turned into a pumpkin. I hope you don't mind, but I really want to talk about one last topic. What time is it? You have, it's 8.55. Oh, wow. You, Check us out. You have been pushing yourself to the next limit in your skydiving career, mm-hmm. swooping. High-performance campy piloting, brother. You have, you have been doing a lot, haven't you? I've been trying. Uh, you've been Having trying. Fun. Remind me what you <laughs> did with FLCPA last season. What, what, uh, how did you place last season? Yeah, yeah. Well, weird. I got I got first <laughs> last weird. season. I don't know. <laughs> it's weird that you bring that up because I totally killed that game. <laughs> uh, I got first last year for uh, the advanced category. And then at nationals, I got third. Um, and then this year, moving up to open and competing with the big dogs. A little bit nerve-wracking. Your heroes? Yeah, dude. They're crushing it. And it's fun. It's super fun. Um, jumping a Peregrine. Got to move up to the full soak canopy, which is fun. Rather than a Valkyrie, which is also a fun parachute. But once you jump a Peregrine, it's like, oh, Next this level. is awesome. <laughs> so how are you doing with uh, FL? How are you doing with Open Class? How's it going? Pretty good so far. I have two. I've done three meets. I have two-thirds and a fifth. Um <laughs> Nothing wrong with that, dude. <laughs> You're trying for sure. Yeah, first season in it. I'm pretty happy with it. But, I mean, the the real test is going to be nationals. Nationals this year decides a lot. Is this um, a world year? This is a double world year, sort of. You could say that. So, this year decides the World Cup, which is the top 12 are going to make it to the World Cup in South Africa in November. And the top eight are going to make it to the World Championships in Russia next year. So the top eight are going to do both the World Cup and the World Championships. And then nine through 12 are just doing the World Cup. But it's like, you know, it's pretty. It's, That's a stacked field, bro. Yeah, it's pretty tough. It's a, it's going to be fun. It's going to be an exciting meet. It's in September at Rayford. And hopefully it goes well. I'm pumped. You know what, man? I'm going to be excited to cheer you on at the World Meet and the World Cup, brother. I, <laughs> I, I firmly believe you can do it. I've watched your progression. Um, I've gotten to know you. I actually I remember the first time I met you. Um, we were in Chattanooga. We were in the yeah. reception dinner at PIA. Yeah. I had just met Riley. He's like, oh, yeah, by the way, this is my boy toy. He's my arm candy. This is Bo. <laughs> oh, you're the new PD rep guy. Just the pretty face. Yeah. yeah. Oh, dude, not just a pretty face. You're also a good-looking body. Oh, uh, thanks. 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 If I told you you had a beautiful body, would you hold it against me? No. No. Uh, no. Um, but, I mean, maybe against a wall, though. Hold you against a wall. I'm confused. Get it. Now. It's 
Getting a little rapey, I think. So you you've done so much in that short time, dude. So I really hope you do well. One thing that I'm interested. Thank you, thank you. Oh, dude, you're welcome, bro. Keep it up, guys. Keep an eye out there. Right now, um, I'm looking at a super sick video on. Was that on your? It was on also on your gram, wasn't it? On yeah, your it's, gram. It's on, your it's gram. on the gram. I love it, man. <laughs> it's on the gram. On the gram. You, you swooping, dude. There. <laughs> that is, and that's you actually swooping the new mutant harness, isn't it? That is correct. Yeah. So it's that mutant harness by Vector uh, UPT, and it's freaking awesome. So it's what's so different about that harness? So a traditional skydiving harness, you're connected by your three rings at your shoulder. Mm-hmm. Um, on the mutant harness, it's it's called a supine harness, and that's mm-hmm. the position that you're in. It's where you sit back. Your connection to the canopy is actually at your hips. So your risers go all the way down to your hips. Um, so you have a much more reclined position under the wing. Uh, and it does a number of different things. And I think more than I even, than we even know or understand yet. Um, but essentially, it allows you to have a massive reduction in drag. Because now your body is leaned back a lot more. You're not standing up. You're not presenting a like a you know a full chest torso area to to the wind. You're you're reclined, um, which allows your body to. I guess it allows the wing to preserve a lot more energy. Mm-hmm. From what I've noticed, like the 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 energy uh, retention is massive on this wing. So obviously swooping it is super fun landing it is super fun but flying around with other parachutes in the sky is incredible because you have you have a lot more speed simply because of the reduction in drag and also when you're doing maneuvers around other canopies your rears your rear risers or your toggles just do like insane amounts more it's stupid the hybrid when the hybrid vk came out compared to the standard valkyrie people were like oh my god the hybrid the rears are so good it's crazy now on this thing i'm just like i don't know i'm speechless the rears are just insane what they can do i can be hundreds of feet below somebody sit back lean back push that drag like reduce that drag point try and push that center of gravity in front of the wing a bit more and get on the rears and it's just gonna climb like a madman dude i it's it's amazing watching it i I got my first i've my first full taste of it at PIA. I've gotten sneak yeah. peeks here and there over uh, over a little bit of time, but at PIA actually, you were the guy who was showing it to me there. Ah, uh, yeah. Um, we were waiting to go to ramen, is what we yeah, were actually so. doing, man. I hadn't jumped it yet at that point either. Stupid Riley waiting on her stupid couches. <laughs> stupid <laughs> woman, dude. That's right. <laughs> um, and it, it's so cool. But so first of all, you actually deploy in a normal standing, normal parachute position, correct? Correct. Yes. So that's for our safety aspect of it, because deploying. So flying around with the uh, risers going to your hips, it changes a lot about your center of mass under the wing. And opening, if you have to deal with some sort of crazy malfunction opening, it's much more violent. I mean, it would be much more violent. I obviously haven't had to do that. But just from simply flying the wing around, you can tell that if there's any type of line twists, if there's any type of, let's say, toggle fire, tension on, anything where the the wing is getting violently out of control. It is now enhanced even more so because you're you're not hanging from your shoulders where you have an easy, I guess, an easier uh, line of sight as well as G-forces to get your hands to your body. You're more centered under lift and gravity 
Correct. Vertically. Vertically, yeah. Whereas under the, if you were opening from your torso, things could get very, very spicy in a non, uh, in a non-desirable way. In not a good way. <laughs> yeah. So it does open. It, it opens from your shoulders. It's really cool. It opens from your shoulders. Once you are open and flying and the, the wing is, you know, you've done your canopy control check. You know that you're good to go. You release the shoulders and you sit back. And therein, you are sitting from your hips, and you have that reclined position. Now, you can cut away from either position. Correct. One of the things that I've been curious about is now you're reclined, now you're supine, spine, and now you're <clears throat> flying around the sky. If you wanted, and, and one of the things you said is it's a lot more speed, a lot more control, a lot more range. Yeah. Can I sit myself or stand myself back up some? I, mm-hmm. I probably not reconnect, but to add that drag back to slow back down. Yeah. So I was actually doing that for at Carolina Fest this year. We were doing some flocking, mm-hmm. uh, like high performance canopy flocking, and w- on my mutant. I wasn't able to stay, well, I wasn't able to flock with the group as I was leaned back, so I had to lean myself forward. So I actually, I lean myself forward, um, and you're just pretty much pivoting on your hips. You're just kind of standing yourself up. Mm -hmm. It may sound kind of complicated right here over the, you know, chatter, but it's it's not as hard as you might think it is. So you stand yourself up, you re-enter almost a, a regular flight mode, and then once you're finished with that, you sit yourself back and you lean back again. So it's for flocking with people, it's really nice because I still like to fly around other parachutes in like a static environment where you're not you're not being dynamic, you're not moving a lot. And in order to do that in static, you have to match their body positions. I call that more formation flocking. Yes. Uh-huh. Easy way to explain it to the visual, uh, to people th- picturing. So the one last question I have about this mutant harness is you're using your normal Infinity, your your standard VSC Infinity rig. Yes. For competition. For competition, Are yeah. people using the mutant in competition? Yeah, I think you're going to start to see it more. Um, it's challenging to use because it just changes a lot about the wing. It changes the way that you build power. It changes the way that you carry power. It changes the way that you're supposed to enter the course and and score in the course. Um, can't drag that foot to hit again. Oh, it's a lot more challenging too. So you can, but it's just it's a it's very very different to try and do that. Yeah. Um, also, the wing wants to climb when you add that much power because now your body is seated in front of the wing more so than it was on a traditional harness. And when that angle of attack increases on the wing and you have all that power, what is the wing going to do? It's going to climb, yeah, yeah. It's going to go up. And part of the competition is you need to not climb. You need to stay below the gates. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I still use my Infinity. I still love that rig. It's an amazing rig. Um and the mutant is also super fun to fly, but I think over the next couple of years you'll see more of the supine style in competition as people start to, you know, experiment with it more, figure it out more, learn to use it, learn it better. Yep. Yeah. But as of right now, I'm definitely gonna keep using my Infinity. It's a, it's my baby. It's what I know. Dude, you got one of the prettiest Infinities out there. Uh-huh. Uh, there's another one I know that's a little bit prettier than yours, but you know that's just somebody's opinion. Oh yeah, is it this, mine's, mine's real good. This nerd over here. No, dude, there are a few new ones that have shown up too. Uh, Brooke just got hers. That yeah, hers was, looks dope. So Riley, when she designed my rig, designed four options for me. Uh huh. And 
the one that Brooke has was another one that was, was on, on that sheet. Yeah. <laughs> she just she just changed some teal to some pink and uh cool. bit my style. But there is a, uh, they're super customized, man. Infinity's putting out some awesome custom yeah, rigs. Super unique stuff. I believe yeah. her name is Jessie James, an Australian gal. She yeah. just got an Infinity. Did yeah, you see man, that I saw that on Instagram. No, so, so, excuse me, the gram, because you know you're all about the social. I'm, I'm an adult. <laughs> <laughs> They're definitely putting out some awesome custom rigs. It's cool to see, huh? Oh, dude. It's like, sweet, that, all that embroidery. It's rad. Oh, I wish you were at uh, Carolina Fest, man. Julio from Liquid Sky yeah, yeah. had this sick die sub, die sublimated Infinity that was all sorts of crazy colors and everything. And Oh, I saw that one, too, on, on social media Did you see pictures? Yeah. yeah. Oh, my goodness. I know Die awesome. Sub has been in the works for a while, and I know it's just been a matter of time. Yeah. And, and I don't know when and how soon they're really going to push Die Sub on their full market, but I think it's there. Yeah, for sure. I, I mean, if Julio had it in the in the wild, I think it's there. I know Adam's been working on it as well with him. Yeah, um, so, so a lot I'm easier to do on a container than a parachute. That's for sure, dude. I can <laughs> imagine, man. It, it's so much more. Uh, it's thinner. It's temperamental. Yeah, so so much more temperamental. Fabric is so temperamental. Yeah, man. I, I can't it's, find the one that you uh, that your the dice have one, but this is Jesse's that you. Oh my earlier. god, that's dopey. So that's I'm really beautiful. struggling because my rigs are all black and red for an easy reason. Mm-hmm. At first, it's because I like black and red. It continue- you're gonna say some resale value nonsense? No, no going? bullshit. <laughs> it continued to be black and red because I hate picking colors because it's the hardest part about designing a rig is picking colors. Sure, yeah. So I was like, "Fuck it, dude! I'm just gonna keep going with a super easy version." And I have absolutely determined my next Infinity, which I hope to order one this summer. I actually am. I'm waiting to do these finish these test jumps with Kelly because I actually want to order my new Infinity with a new Mard. I'm supposed to order one already, and but. The- Riser covers, magnetic Man, riser covers. Uh, n- not committed to releasing those yet, he said. But we do have uh, them on the test rig. But yeah, I saw them <laughs> on the demo rigs. Yeah, yeah. So I think they, I think he's gonna do it uh, um, once they're ready, dude. Uh, yeah, I, it's uh, we've he's seen enough problems. I say we. I've complained. I've complained. I've talked to him about some of these issues. <laughs> uh, we, I love Kelly. You have, I think, a similar relationship. We can speak very candid to him. Yeah, and, and it's great. Um, but I, I want to wait till the mark comes out before I order my next rig. Sure. But uh, one lady who has way too many names is going to be responsible for designing my rig. I've already told her this a while back, and uh, I'm letting go of black and red. I am <gasps> black and red are my company colors. Black and red are TRC. Black and red are Gravity Lab, and that's do, okay. What are you going to do? Red and black. Dude, <laughs> you fucking narc. You told on Asian me. <laughs> Fuck. No. Dude, I just ordered a new G4 in royal blue. You placed an order. Oh, yeah, dude. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Cool. They're awesome. Oh, dude, I can't They're wait to get it, man. so good. Did you get a colored visor? Or no. Clear? I need a clear visor for my job. Yeah, sure, sure. Makes yeah. sense. So, I do. I wanted nice that blue hell, visor. Oh, fuck. They're beautiful. Dude. Yeah, so I definitely, I'm looking forward to getting a super custom uh, done-out rig. Riley's going to help me out, man. Cool. Blake, respect. Blake, much love. But you know Riley's skills at designing a rig, brother. Hey, they still have her design stuff for him. Oh, dude, it's so cool that they kept that good relationship. Yeah, absolutely. Man, we've already gone way too long. I think you're a show that could never end. We could always do this. Um, make me a deal. We asked for this deal last time. Come back and visit again. Okay. Awesome. Okay, if it, you say so. Oh, for sure. Anything <laughs> you want to share with your friends, family, anybody out there? Any shout outs you want to give? Yeah, yeah, totally. Have uh, my parents? It's their forty third wedding anniversary today. Happy anniversary, so, Mister Mrs. Reba! Yeah, it's super cool, yeah, exciting. Yeah. Um, my brother is going undergoing some massive tests for being a radiologist today, also. So, like his doctor tests. So, what's his name? Blake. 
Blake, good luck, brother. Yeah, good luck, Blake. She, and and my sister, Jessie, and just her whole beautiful family. Uh, also, th- shout out to my sponsors, Performance Designs, uh, Velocity Sports Equipment, <laughs> Cookie Vigil, Tony Suits, Manufactory. I think that's it. You think that's it? <laughs> it so. gets harder and harder to keep track of, <laughs> Gosh, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> cool. Guys and gals, October, we'll release a date soon. Gravity Lab Film Festival, the Unlimited Jump Package reunion tour. Till then, next week, we will have stories from Uber. Mr. Rabbit Stipe, the pilot from Skydive Spaceland, is driving Uber. So let's hear all about it. Till then, uh-huh. take it easy. Bye. <laughs> that was good. Bye-bye. Later.